Good day and hello, Panda people. Welcome to the Smack Panda Podcast, Part 12. On this week's PandaCast, we are joined by the legendary producer, drummer, session man and surfer extraordinaire, Mr. Sidney J. Green. Currently, Sidney is playing with his band 1920. You've probably seen him at a festival somewhere near you. He's the drummer in the Casey Chambers touring band and records albums out of his Mono Nest studios in the Shoalhaven, New South Wales. We had a great chat with Sydney. I want to thank him very much for coming up here and blowing us away with his tales of touring with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, drinking with Pantera, and spending far too much money on various things in New York. Again, we'd like to thank Bug Buster for their continued support of the podcast, and thank you guys for listening. So take a load off, put your feet up, and enjoy this conversation with Mr. Sydney J. Green. Cheers. Yeah, let's, let's start. You're everyone ready for the big intro? Yeah. <laughs> okay. One, two. One, two. One, two. Three. Oh, we got some new toys. Oh. It does die down a bit. I, I don't know when I'm supposed to come in. <laughs> come in now. Well, we're very privileged this week to have on the man who counted that, yeah. that lovely track in. One, two. Do, do it live. <laughs> oh, so good. And those lyrics, how, how did you come up with them? Which ones? One, two. Oh, one, two. Oh. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people would have messed that up. <laughs> Hello, Sydney J. Green. Hello, people. Thanks for coming Thanks for down, man. Me. It's yep. great to see yeah, you. We yeah, we appreciate you coming down. Thanks. Now, Sydney, you're a, I know you from uh, producing our album, which is the intro there. Sure. Um, and you, you've done so much with your music. So you're a, a drummer, uh, a music producer, a session man, uh, and a musician all, all around. Yeah. You know, so, um, wow. Like, this is this is perfect for us. I was yeah. actually really nervous today. Were you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I cleaned the studio. So, well, sure. Someone's coming yeah. to know how to actually do this stuff. So. Oh, yeah. I was doing deadlifts to Mary Mary. Oh, great. Today, yeah. That's a good perfect, song. Actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. It reminds me, the intro Dead to that <laughs> song with the flange. Oh, yeah. I used to have this Marshall TSL 100, like a shitty amp, and all it had was distortion and a flange. flange. Yeah. And I used to just play the E string like that. <laughs> and that's where it, it brought me back to that. That's great. Mary Mary yeah. from Mantissa. Yep. Which was a band you were in uh, back in the day. Yeah. Is that where we're going? Straight back to... Wow. Well, we, well, I think let's go, go, let's go, let's go, go further. further. Yeah. yeah let's, let's go, go further. Where did you grow up? Let's start there. Um, yeah. uh, Western Sydney, actually. Okay. A place called Auburn. So, yeah, I grew up there in school and got a phone call when I was about 19. And they were like, oh, you should go down, you should go down to Melbourne and try out for this band. And they said their drummer was leaving and they needed a, a, band, a drummer quick. Yep. And I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I should. I had a, an old XB Falcon. I don't know if any you guys know cars, but this old XB Falcon wagon with a, a, um, a V8 in it. And off I went, um, you know, Gregory's throw it out the window because <laughs> <laughs> it only gets you as far as like Liverpool, right, on the Hume Highway. And um, yeah, no phones, no... Yeah. Just took off. Just and just uh, the book, the bloody um, the road, road book. Map. Yeah, yeah. Just they went crazy. I just followed the sign right Jesus. to Melbourne. Yeah. Um, what year was this? Uh, nineteen 
1990. Yeah. That would have been one road just straight down. <laughs> yeah. Well, it pretty much went through every town as well, right? Yeah. yeah it wasn't right. a freeway. Cool. Um, I think it was about a 10-hour drive. And uh, I got to Melbourne. I called up and said, yeah, I'm here for the audition. And they sort of sent me down this road. And, um, it, yeah, it was wild. So I got, got there for the audition set up. And they're like, oh, that was great. Do you want to stay another day? I'm like, yeah, cool. Stay another day. Yep. And the second day goes through. Oh, that was really great. You want to stay another day? And I'm like, this is feeling good. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. Um, I was there for a week and I was in. And and, uh, they said, oh, yeah, we're happy if you want to go with it. We've we've got a tour coming up in two weeks with Jane's Addiction. Shit, awesome. And I just went from a 19-year-old Western Sydney kid (laughs) just into the thick of it, like... And you you played in bands before, so yeah. obviously you you had a bit of a, a pedigree. You, yeah, you I was know. playing in cover bands and yeah. and um, a little original band, but I mean, this was I walked into a fully signed um, that was signed to a record contract, and it it was big money. It was the biggest uh, record advance of any Australian band ever, wow. still to this <laughs> day. Wow. Wow. It was wild because they had some great lawyers. It's like a three hundred thousand dollar advance, and but only for Australia. And then when we signed to the US, we signed for another three hundred thousand dollar advance. So we got like six hundred. How much was a house back Shit. then? Would have been thirty or forty grand. Forty, yeah. bucks. 40 grand for <laughs> 40 a house. Bucks. <laughs> yeah. So it wow. was pretty wild, yeah. right? So, and of course, we were just kids. So yeah, how old? This, I mean, how old were the rest of the guys? They were a little older, actually. Yeah. I was the. I think one of the reasons I got the gig. Because I was a bit younger yeah. and perhaps probably a little naive and would just go along with it, you yeah. know? You didn't have to worry about you. You were, right. were going to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got a question that everyone would be thinking this. Did the guy, the singer, Adam, <laughs> did they get him because of his abs? <laughs> no doubt. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Actually, ripped. yeah, he I've, was I've ripped. I've had abs oh once my. in my life. Yeah. My abs are like that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like, he four or one, here. three... You reminded me of Jesus. Um, Brad Pitt on Fight Club. You know, remember how yeah, yeah. he was super. Oh, he was geez, super. Cut. Was he doing sit ups between every song? Or no, what? you know, he was doing. He was surfing, skating, but he was also um, when we started. He was working a lot of road road work. He was a, like into road working. Yeah, okay. So I think out he'd, in the hot sun, the sweat, out in the, the hot, all the time. and probably lots of like labour. Yeah, you know, I think good genetics as well. And just a wiry looking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was a wiry oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like a wild dude. Yeah, he looked like he'd be a good time. That guy. Um, yeah, Adam was a wild dude. <laughs> 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 and um, yeah, he was. He's he's a good fellow actually. So, what got you into playing drums? Like, why did you pick the drums? Uh, yeah, I grew up around drums. My my dad played in a band, so there were drums in the lounge room and. So I started super early, you know, about yeah. five, just gravitated to the drums. Yeah, and just kept going. Self-taught or did you? Yeah, I um, pretty much self-taught, but then I, I was sort of on a bit of a a search for more. So I've, I've done a few amazing sort of what they call drum camps and master classes. I yeah. did an, an incredible one um, with a guy named Benny Greb. I don't know if you've heard no, of no. Benny Greb. He's a German guy, and he does um, master classes 
mostly in Germany, but a little bit around the world. So he's incredible and really inspiring. And I was like, I think I want to do this. So, yeah, you know, it was a, a flight to San Fran, San Fran, Frankfurt, and then a speed train to like three hours <laughs> in the middle of Germany. Yeah. Holy shit. Wow. Just, to yeah. just to do this. Right, just to do this. Yeah, it was like, wow. serious. this is big. Uh, yeah. It's really big. And it's like, um, it's like 18 people. It's it, small class, so only 18 people can get in. I guess I was quick enough um, applying. And, and then you, once you get there, you realise everyone's travelled from every edge of the earth to... To come to this guy. Yeah. Wow. And it was like a, a week long, you, sl- you sleep there, they feed you. It's in a like a, a 600-year-old castle <laughs> in oh, Germany. Jesus, that's awesome. It, it was, yeah. I have to say, it completely changed my whole life. Yeah. Like not just drumming, but everything. Yeah, it was a really, was really that incredible b- place. Was that before Mantissa or was that after? No, this was about eight years ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is pretty recently. Yeah, fairly recent. Yeah. And... Um, and, you know, I did master classes, sort of learning more about the drums before that. But, yeah, yeah mostly self-taught to answer yeah. the question. Yeah. And then and then a big change, knowing what I knew and then taking this knowledge that this guy just spewed out for... It's amazing difference. So like Adam and I are in the, are in the same kind of thing, you know, we're not flying off to Germany, but we've both played since we were 13 and stuff. Mm. And even when we were younger, we were kind of arrogant about it. It's like, I don't really, I had a teacher for one year and that was just from school and then it was like, ah, I'm my own dude, I don't need that shit. Yep. You know, and I was so wrong, you know, and yeah. I, I took, started taking lessons again two years ago and I'm I'm, I'm mad for not doing it earlier, you know. Sure. Like it's, everyone needs a teacher. It just makes it easier. Yeah. That's what I found. And, and it inspires yeah. you. Yeah. I think you get to a level two where you, you search for more. Because yeah. you can only take yourself so far, right? And then that's when you go looking. Yeah. And if I you can find right, yeah. the right person to inspire you and yeah. mm. and then share their knowledge and then you take what you have and make it yours. Yeah. You know? Where did you hear, hear about this master class? Um, th- this guy's really famous on YouTube. Yeah. He, uh, I don't, you probably would, as soon as I tell you, he, he had this little SpongeBob Bob drum kit. And yeah. he, he just shreds on this tiny little... I think I've seen it, actually. Yeah, right? It's, <laughs> yeah. Got, it's got like four million, four million yeah. billion views, right? Yeah. And uh, as soon as I saw this guy shredding on this little kid's kit, I'm like, what the... You know, like, yeah. who is this guy? Yeah. Next minute, like, I've stalked him for like a month, like, going yeah. through everything um, and just fell in love with his whole ethos with mm. music. And, uh, and then... And then I saw that, you know, I was following his website. And yeah, and something came up and you and had to It was like, go. he's doing a masterclass, no yeah, way, yeah. you know. And my wife Ellie said, why do you do it? And I'm like, what do you mean? What, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? What it? It's in Germany, right? <laughs> you know, and she's like, yeah, you should do it. And I'm like, hell yeah, you know. Yeah, like, that's awesome. Yeah. Woman. And it was, um, yeah, it was wild. Oh. Completely <laughs> blew my mind. Even years later, like stuff that he was sharing, um, it it was just so advanced that you couldn't take it all in. But as you as you sort of applied what he was um, teaching, things were coming out later. Like technique wise, T- technique. Yeah. Um, 
he was big on um, time efficiency and um, time of, time efficient practice versus <coughs> deliberate yeah. practice. Yeah. Um, it's the whole 10,000 hours. Have you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, it's well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So he's big on doing things deliberately as opposed to just... Yeah, I've got a problem with that. I just yeah. sit down, play the same things and just noodle, you know, for yeah, ages. Right. And it's not really... It's fun, yeah. it's playing, it's not practice, you yeah. know. So he, that's where he yeah. breaks that down. He breaks fun practice and then discipline where you where you do yeah. something you can't do yeah. and yeah. then you eventually can do it, yeah. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, and then he breaks that right down. Yeah. And he's, all, he's also just written a book and it's being released, so... Yeah, that arrived. Yeah, cool. Oh, you've got that too? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's just, right. just take my money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's super cool. Yeah. Is, is, is an older guy? He's actually, um, he'd probably be 10 years. Well, I am I was 50 last year, I turned 50. Oh, so. Congratulations. Mm. Made it, halfway there. Halfway there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, he'd probably be 40, I'd say. Oh, wow. Mm. But yeah. studied under some incredible um teachers and um a lot of indian uh, music as well so he's Jeez. just got the numbers down yeah mm. i think it's like a a common kind of practice maybe like the german and maybe the more eastern block type teaching seems to be advanced like in coaching in a lot of things yeah right as well like whether yep. it's music or sport their mm-hmm. systems seem to be just on a different level like i remember in the Oh, there was like footage of like the boxes from like it was black and white, maybe sixties or fifties or something, doing stuff that sports science promotes today that no one had any idea about. And they were fifty years ahead, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally just stuff like that. And it seems to be in there. It's almost in their culture to be like you know you're saying like really specific practice and yes. just looking at things from that different standpoint. Yeah, it sounds like you could learn heaps from coaches like that or like teachers like that. In all elements, like if you're bringing a book out, then it'd be cool to read just from just from a different coaching perspective to take. You could apply. Out. You could apply this book to just about anything. It mm. doesn't have to be drums, mm. or it doesn't have to be music, actually. Yeah. Which is sort of why I said he sort of changed not only the way I play drums, but the way I look at music, and then also the way you look at life. Yeah. As well. Mm. Once you master one thing, you can master many others. They say. Yeah. Because you have the tools and the knowledge of how right. to do it. Mm. Yep. Just need the time. <laughs> That's where it's at, man. Yeah, it's kind of like you're running time. out. Like, yeah, well, it time. is time. Yeah. It's not money, it's time. That is. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, hold on. You're yeah. scientist. <laughs> let's get back. Yeah. yeah, let's go back. You guys are scientists. Mantisa, you got scientists. Sony, was it? Polygram. Is Polygram still around? Uh, I don't think so. No, they probably went broke because we spent all their money. Talk about where you spend it on. That's a lot of money, eh? So it's a lot of money. And well, it's just in the bank, and the and the band just have this money. And okay, well, it, this is how some of it got spent that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we were, so we did the Jane's Addiction tour. Um, so was that the ritual, their last tour? Was their, it? it was their last tour. Did you play in New Zealand? No. Oh, I didn't do that. We didn't play in New Zealand. I think they played in New Zealand first and then yeah. their last bit I, was in I, Australia. I was outside the New Zealand concert for that one. My mates had tickets and I just stood outside like a broken ass. 
So <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I was broken ass. They were good back in the day, old James. Oh, they were, ama- they were amazing. Mm. Um, and uh, I, I do remember that was like hard, hard gig because we did, we were the support band. So I think we'd go on at 8 o'clock, do 45-minute set, and the next gig was in Brisbane and we were standing in Melbourne. Yeah. So it was a 23-hour drive, Melbourne to Brisbane. So they didn't oh fly you up. God. This was this was two weeks into this band, right? I'm like, what, oh my god, what, what am I doing? What have I done? <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, the 600 G's is coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, it was nuts. So yeah, we literally pack up the kit, get it in the um, get it in the car. 23 hours later, you get to the destination, unpack, play. Oh shit! It was wild, man. And wounded. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. But we were just running on adrenaline and you know all of it. Yeah, it was wild. So did that tour, and then we went in to make a record, uh, our first record, and we were like, "Oh, who are we going to get?" Guys wanted to get this producer called um, Terry Date, who'd produced Soundgarden. Um, Bad Motorfinger. Oh, shit. I was, I was just listening to that today. Right. That's a great... It's their best album, I think. It's their best awesome. album, right? Yeah. Um, Terry Day had just uh, recorded a band called Pantera, which was... Hip, Fuck, yeah. yeah. Right? Which Mega. album was that one? That was Far Beyond Dreams. Uh, Vulgar Display. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the best oh. one. Yeah, now, the best one. Now, yeah. like, Terry rolled up and he said, check this band out. I just finished their record. He had those, you know, the old Dat... Yeah, yeah, the, the solid old, like cassette. They were digital. Like yeah. yeah, they were like digital cassettes. Yeah, and he put it on, and we were like, oh. Oh. <laughs> "Did it start start with Mouth of War?" Yeah, wow. Oh. So it was in order, and already. it hadn't it yeah. hadn't been released, right? Fuck. So we got to hear it from it from yeah, the guy who made it, before right? It was <laughs> <laughs> and we, awesome. we, we were just thinking, if he can make it sound like that, we're yeah. sweet, <laughs> you know. Um, that just blew our heads off. So Terry, Terry was like um, ninety grand for the for the, to make the record. Yeah, yeah. So we went into John Farnham's uh, studio, personal studio, which had like a, it was on a ten acre lot, all uh, hand built in the eighties by this guy. It was all mud brick and train sleepers and recycled timber it was like state of the art all all out of the whispering jack record right (laughs) all the coin had a seven bedroom home with its own chef and someone to make the beds (laughs) (laughs) right so this place cost three grand a day oh fuck and we were there for nine weeks making one record so Paying the producer was ninety grand just for him, not for yeah. the studio. Not for the studio. <laughs> oh, <laughs> then you got twenty one a week. You know? And, and we're just young kids. Like <laughs> if I if I knew what I knew now, I'd be like, wait. We could buy houses. Sorry, I keep bumping that. So but I, we didn't even question it, right? It was yeah. just like, hell yeah, you know? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Fuck. Um, it was it was amazing. Like, um and this is Four computers. This yeah. is the, we've got a seventy-two track SSL console with two tape machines, a tape operator, a guy literally sitting there all day putting tape on tape machines or splicing tape. That was his job, you know. Like, wow, he was the computer. He, he was yeah. the computer, yeah. and there were just reels of tape, and um, yeah, it was a pretty like as a young guy, it, 
young drummer as well. Like, mm. I, I just blew my head off. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh. And it was the very start of my obsession with recording and production. Because yeah. yep. I, I was getting to see it firsthand and, and being super interested in it as well. And that was yeah. almost was the last of the best time to, to get into it, you know, because mm. leading up to then, like, um, over in England, Abbey Road, they'd do apprenticeships and it was all through tape and you'd, you'd go from the bottom all the way. And then around about the 90s, it all switched, wasn't it? Yeah. Pretty much. So you got the last of it. I got the last of it, Before yeah. it all went digital. Did you take your kit or did, you, did they supply? Oh, great story with that. So Steve Perkins, the drummer from Jane's Addiction... So we he's a fucking good drummer. He's as badass, well, man. and he's yeah. in um, Infectious Grooves. And oh, I didn't know he was in Infectious yeah, Grooves. Yeah, he, he drummed on that I record. I thought it was Mike Borden. Oh wow! No, no, I, I could be wrong. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he was on that record. Wow. Um. Uh. Yeah. So we're on that tour, and he's like, "Oh, this this DW kit that I'm using. Why why don't you use that for your album?" I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Yeah, we'll just leave it, and you can." When you're done, send it over. Fucking awesome. Yeah. I've got some great pictures of that actually. Oh, yeah. send a picture yeah. to yeah. 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 It's sure. um yeah, it was wild. So there we are in this huge drum room Farnham's place, like <laughs> inc- you got to meet Johnny? We did get to meet John yeah, and yeah. um Glenn Wheatley because they part managed it and um lots of amazing records got made in this place called it was called Gotham. And there was a, um, it was affiliated with this studio in in South Melbourne called Metropolis. So there was this whole oh, Batman yeah, thing. Batman thing going on. It was super mm. cool, and um, you name it, just about any like successful Australian record was almost recorded there. Like uh, from Braithwaite's Horses to, yeah, you just everything was done in this place. Uh, State of the art for the time. Yeah. It looked like something out of. Star Wars, you know, like it was just the best money could buy. Yeah, early nineties yeah. uh, was that. Mm. Ninety two was it? Yeah, ninety two. Did that producer do Cowboys from Hell as well? Do you know? He or? did. Fuck. Have you heard how they found Pantera? Um, how they found them? How do you like mean? the the first label to sign them? No, I read it in. I think it was in their book, and um, so they're playing at parties because no one is interested in them, right? And they're just doing their thing, and the uh, scout. I don't know what would you what would you call him where he's got yeah him. like yeah, a talent, talent, talent yeah, scout yeah. talent mm. scout. He's turned up at this party, and they're just drunk as hell, windmilling, just yeah. looking like idiots. Yeah, he he's there for maybe two seconds and then leaves, and they're like, ah, oh, fuck him. We'll just keep playing, like, <laughs> having a ball. He went and rang his boss and yeah. said, "You've got to sign him straight away." Yeah, and then uh, that's how they got. I signed. thought they started off as a. I thought they were a pop band to start with. No, they, were they, they glam or something. They, they had like they were a glam yeah. ish, glamish band. <laughs> yeah. And they changed, and then went. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they got heavier. Oh, yeah. the, oh, they're brutally heavy. Yeah. But, so I can add, elaborate on that story even more, and I'm going to have heaps of rock and roll stories. So this you're going to have to yeah, stop me. Great. Okay, we're fucking all ears. So, yeah. so we'll fast forward a little bit, and we can come back to that um, yeah. spot, but. Uh, we were touring through the US on the second record advance. So instead of spending it on making a record, we spent it on living in the yeah. US. They gave you another lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right>. yeah. <laughs> These guys so, know how to spend it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we rented a house on the same street as Eddie Murphy in Mesh. <laughs> on, 
<laughs> that was the peak um, of Eddie Murphy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In um, it was just over the bridge from Manhattan. And um, anyway, I'll go back to that story. But we were in LA and we went to the famous club called the Rainbow. Yep. And that's um, the club. The, the club. Yeah, River. Yeah, River. we weren't actually playing there, but we we played somewhere else out of, in LA, and then we went. Let's go to the Rainbow. So we're walking through the rainbow and we see Dimebag shirt. And uh, the guitar player goes, I'm going to go up and say hi and say we're from Australia. We work with Terry Date, you know. Yeah. I was like, no, man. It's gonna <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, you know, this is 93. Fuck. Yeah. So um, he goes up and he, Dimebag, you know, uh, I'm, I'm Chris and... Um, Chris, is, by the way, isn't here with us anymore. He died of liver cancer, so oh, he was. Um, but right. he's just a young kid, right? So, oh, we, we recorded an album with Terry Date. Terry Date, um, Dimebag goes, oh, you're the crazy Aussie guys that were eating all the mushrooms out of the ground. And that's that's how he knew us, right? Dimebag, yeah, right. Hilarious, and then. Um, then we realised that um, Vinny was there as well. So Vinny was massive. I was a massive Vinny head. Uh, um, he's the drummer. He's yeah. the drummer of Pantera and they were brothers, Dimebag and yep. Vinny. So we ended up hanging, talking Terry Date stories and and they were like, oh, when are you in Texas? And we are like, oh, we're going down there in about two weeks. We'll be there. We're like, cool. So anyway, we're off on our tour we get to Texas, they're there for sound check. They roll up in these like pickup Chevy trucks with like guns and <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not actual guns, but like gun decals on their trucks yeah. and, um, you know, like Cowboys. Confederate flags. Yeah. And, and it was just like, did he have the, the beard sprayed then or was he? Oh, I can't really remember yeah, okay. actually, yeah. but they were loose. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's the only way I could and I remember Vinny getting kicked out because he sort of smashed this pool table light. It was just this they crazy. Were rock and roll. Yeah. They were just on a Phil um, and Salmo always cracked up the singer's his talking voice. Right. Know? Yeah. Have you heard it now? Oh yeah, now it's fucked. Is it? It sounds terrible. I now. saw I saw Pantera, I saw the vulgar display of power. Did you turn New Zealand for that one? No. Oh, okay. But we toured in Australia. So yeah. that night they were going, they said, we're, going, we're coming to Australia. You guys can support us. I'm like, oh, shit. And then we're really like, yeah. well, if you can arrange that, that'd be great. And sure enough. That was, was it. That, that was true. Yeah. 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 93, was it? Yeah, 93. Shit. So we did in Melbourne and Adelaide. Oh, they were on fire then as well. It was incredible, but we were like dog meat. Like, oh, yeah. Can you imagine opening for a band like Tim Pantera? Like they hated us, <laughs> hated us from, from the moment we we counted in one, two, three, just like that intro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. get it off, get it off. <laughs> well, you got to tell your Pantera story. It's, yeah, that's weird though, isn't it? Because the crowd should know that Pantera want you there. It's not as if the oh, opening, oh, the well, main act doesn't want the band there. Not always though, is it? They're hardcore. Pantera yeah. fans. Well, that, you actually, know. so they played Logan Campbell Center in Auckland, and one of my mates, Craig Strange, he um, basically, I'll tell the story. He got a whole sheet of acid, <laughs> and he hired a bus, and so on the bus did. we all go, you know, and it's on Guy Fawkes Night on November eighteenth, and Guy Fawkes Night's when everyone has the fire rockets. Yeah, we used to have that. Here. Yeah, yeah. So um, 
And so we turn up and we're feeling pretty good by then and they come out and they it's like you're in a war, man. It's, it was fantastic, you know. Like the mosh pit was the whole stadium. Wow. You know, you're looking up everywhere and the, the place is going mental. And um, and at one point, everything kind of kicked in pretty full on. And um, and then some crazy cats up at the... Because uh, it's double layer and there's a, a, a top floor... They, they brought fireworks in and they started shooting it into the crowd and we're all on the same level in this bus and we actually started thinking we were in Vietnam. You know? So we're all diving around wow. and shit like that. Oh, it was a fucking great concert, man. And at one point, some some poor kid climbed a stack, the speaker stack, which was gigantic. It was ridiculous. Yeah. You know, and they stopped the, they stopped the, and told him the to show. Yeah. Did that make Put it on the video? On. I'm not sure. Yeah. There's a scene in the video like that, the Pantera video. Yeah, they stopped the whole concert. Yeah, and the guy I didn't want to jump. He was just sitting there watching the show. <laughs> <laughs> they peer pressured him to jump. And so he jumps and everyone just moves out the way. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. But, man, they put it on a good show. Yeah, I never got to They're see him, eh? I was way too young. And I was scared. Right. But I liked them. <laughs> I loved them. You were rightfully scared. They were yeah. pretty scary cats. Yeah. yeah that's but awesome. you would have been playing when... Um, Phil was still okay, like he was still good with the band. Back yeah, then. They, were, they were all pretty tight, mm. and and it had just gone so big, exploded, yeah, you know, it for exploded them. for them. So they were, you know, they were doing well. Yeah, mm. that was all to come though, because at the moment you're at John F- Johnny Farnham's place. That's right. And so um, yeah, mushrooms out of the ground. Hope you know what you're doing there. Well, you're here now, so you must have known. Some of us were, some of us weren't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, we finished that record and, um, in, during that record, actually, we, um, we get the phone call that we got the national support with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Wow. Oh, shit. Awesome. Mm. Yeah. Which was a big slingshot into our career, I think, because it was such a blood sugar sex magic. It just, oh, what an album. Yeah. Just went huge. Um, Under the Bridge was huge. Um, they had one... They sort of had one uh, one gig in every capital city, and that song went huge. And then they had to add all these other gigs. So we did one Sydney Entertainment Centre, and then two Horden Pavilions, yeah. And then Melbourne Melbourne Tennis Centre with two festival halls, and so on, all the way around. It was really amazing. Wow! Did you hang with them? Um, hung with. Uh, Flea, because he's a surfer as well. Yeah, he was yeah. a surfer, and um, and Chad, they were, they were like down to earth, just dudes, you know. Yep. Yeah. We'd meet them we're, at this point. We're flying now, so, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, so we we meet at um, you know, the airport lounges, and uh, Flea would go, "Hello, Sydney." He yeah. called me. He was the only guy that called me Sydney. And, you know, <laughs> pretty funny. But yeah. um, Anthony, he he couldn't. He couldn't leave his hotel room without just being mobbed by yeah. girls. He had, he just had two two bodyguards that would pretty much just escort him from a car limo backstage. He'd stay there, and that was it. He he was oh, imagine that life. Shit, uh, that ain't cool. It w- it would shit. be yeah, and I think obviously that that's got to do something to your head. Yeah, it's so isolated. You know, there. and it, you know I, I have to say. Um, touring with those guys, they were playing like you'd get to a town and you get to a, these big venues where they've got almost like a rehearsal room set up. Yeah, and they would play from 
2 p.m. to five minutes before they go on. Really? Yeah. They do the whole show then. Then they do a whole show. Yeah. But what what I witnessed was you're seeing these guys, everyone's thinking they're going on there, but they've actually been playing for like four hours. They are super warmed up, aren't they? Super hot. Yeah. Right? And it's just like it, it started to... Show me, it's like the one on you. This is how this is how you do it. This is like when you get next level of of being like in form, you know, like just so it was one of those takeaway things where anytime I ever play, it's warm up, yeah, yeah, for a good. I mean, it'd be great to do four hours, but Mm. an hour, yeah, so you're sort of going on, get a bit of a sweat going, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Then you're warm. Yeah. Well, that's what Haley and I used to find. That it's a match fitness to playing live. You know, when we hadn't done a gig in a couple of months or something, it took us maybe five songs before we thought, oh, okay, we're into it now. We're, we're, we're going all right. <coughs> yeah. You know, but once you got a few gigs in a row, we were hitting it halfway through the first song. Sometimes we yeah. even get it from the first song. Mm-hmm. What is it? I don't know what it is, but you know when you feel it. You're like, oh, we're, we're rocking now. You know? Like getting into that kind of flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting absolutely. over yourself enough to, yeah. I guess, yeah, yeah just have it even whether it's there consciously or not. You'd yeah. still have some sort of performance anxiety. Or even doing something like this, you know, the cap- you go great and then red lights come on, the camera's working and it's like, oh. Yeah, well, this is the first show I felt a little <coughs> nervous at the start because I don't know <laughs> nothing about music really, but I was interested in it. And, but Every once the conversation gets flying, you can you see into it. You know, everyone knows yeah. like music on a bass level, don't they? Like, yeah, everyone well, you loves can enjoy music. it. Everyone can relate to yeah. it. Which, uh, That's right. And yeah, and you can also, um, you're seeing the, the connection between what you do and what you're into, yeah, and, and the similarities, like totally, su- yeah. I yeah. think success or be, being good at something and on any level, like mm. it all relates. Yeah, like it's all comparable, or even just loving something on any level. So yeah, yeah. Just on that, about, on that, like the you've you played to a lot of people. Like mm. Big day out, you had a mm. clip up. It's yeah, it You must be on, <laughs> You must be so high, like playing to that many people. Yeah. How do you feel now? You're not you're not playing to that many people. Do you still like have that like urge to go back to the, you know like you know what I mean like yeah Metallica yeah. and that can't walk away from it. They're they're getting worse and worse every fucking year <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> but they just can't give it up. It must yeah. be that it's it's an incredible um, heightened awareness. It's probably the best way to describe it because you you um, your mind starts running. A, a lot quicker mm. and then you catch up to it and then that's why usually at the end of a gig or when you get home to reality you know you home life kids and stuff and you sort of you're coming down from that it's yeah. um it's, it's a big it's a big change mm. and being aware of it as well mm. so yeah i think i'm answering your question right i think <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just like, do you still crave for that like it's like a, a bigger re- crowd, it's like a yeah. Re- retirement to be in that in that moment, you know, like. But the, yeah, but I think even like ninety one and ninety two, that that was grunge. Like that was like I, mm. I wasn't there in a band. That shit, man. I was there at the concerts. <laughs> yeah, and that we something special happened 
between 91 and 92. 93, 94, I don't know. And then No Doubt came out and it was all fucked. Yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> but then, you know, like something, there was something in the water around 91 and 92 and we were yeah, really walk, lucky to be there. And you were super mm, lucky yeah, to be involved super in it. Lucky. To walk away from yeah. that must be... Well, times really change. Hard. You can't go back to that. Like, no, you can't. You know, everyone's got their phones up now at the big. But it's they don't like, even have it's a big like day sports out. people like yeah. Michael Jordan can't walk away from the spotlight. Comes back. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. They yeah. still create. Like you get older, but that fire doesn't well, go away, does it? I think for, for I don't know if it's the same for you, but it's yeah. it's like it's just who you are and what you do forever. Like, um, like I heard someone say about oh, is it is our mate Rogan? <laughs> <laughs> Say today that he's the, the, the pod, Tyson podfather. Yeah, but Tyson had said that um, you know he's like I can't explain it. It's like I'm a I'm, I was a fighter, but I'm always gonna be a fighter, and I just mm. can't get rid of the feeling. And mm. like I can relate to that now, you know, because now I'm like fuck, I gotta do it again. Yeah, but um, especially yeah. when you started your guitar lessons. Though. <laughs> nah, it's you not can though, see it, right? It's, it's definitely it's yeah. It's yeah. It, it, you. You work so hard at yeah. at it mm. that practice, and then it becomes it becomes you, yeah. and then you become it, mm. and that that's pretty hard to especially with, with doing music and probably mm. boxing is the same. <coughs> Playing live, you know, is, is is really where it's at. Like it's and it is a bit of an addiction, and I don't mm. even really care care too much about the crowd. It's like I just like getting up there and getting in that yeah. zone, and it's just like everything else is practice. Yeah, you know, until you're up, up there in front of people, that's that's where it is. Like you know? the little buzz of playing to however many. It's, well, imagine, I, think it's, I actually think imagine it's harder. playing in front of Pantera's yeah. crowd. Oh yeah, well, well that like, would have been hard. Well, <laughs> actually, yeah, very hard. A few <laughs> bottles in the head, <laughs> but yeah. even just the amount of people there. Oh yeah, staring at you. energy. Yeah, <laughs> but it almost. I found like the more people kind of makes it like it's obviously better. It's a bigger high, but um, like I feel, I don't, know, I don't feel like the pressure really changes. I don't know about you. I hate too, playing to one or two people in a, in a shitty little coffee house, <laughs> yeah, and they're actually sitting there watching yeah. you. That's really intimidating. Yeah. The bigger, I don't know how, how the biggest actually, thing we have played, but it's actually easier the more people, man. Yeah. They don't, you can't pick them out. Especially if you've got lights on you, you can't even You need them, distortion, you know? though. You blast them. Then you hide all your mistakes. <laughs> well, you know, um, I, I'll keep fast-forwarding and going yeah, back, yeah. but um, this time last year I got um, I got to play with Casey Chambers and um, she was doing a show at the Taronga Zoo. The, they're called yeah, the yeah. Twilight Sessions and they're 5,000 5, people on this sort of amphitheatre and um, she gave me the text and she's like, oh, I'd be keen if you could play this gig. And I was like, super keen, right? Yeah. And she's like, here's the songs, just learn the songs I'll see on the night. Holy shit. <laughs> you know what you're doing? <laughs> you hope you yeah. do. Yeah. Right? Oh, no. I do now. Yeah. So, you know, she, that's she played them just straight, though? There was no little ad-libs or anything? Heaps like, of ad-libs. Oh, shit. Heaps. <laughs> In fact, it was completely everything I'd learnt. I had to unlearn as I was going. Oh shit! But it was um, that that was incredible because it was almost like, um, you know, it, you you get to these points in your career where you you're so comfortable there, which is why you you're being asked to play because yeah. yeah. you can do. She the has game. the she confidence. Yeah. She's confident that 
I can just show up and play. Um, so that's a, that's another level again mm. where you sort of you're just showing up unrehearsed. Yeah, I wouldn't like that. Very learn much. No. learn the material and then yeah. and then yep. just follow her cues. It's a new know? element of challenge that right. you got to. So you'd have different feelings, and especially the drum. There's nowhere to hide when you're yeah. on the you're drum. driving so the band. No, there's <laughs> nowhere <laughs> to hide. <You're> driving <laughs> the band. Do you yeah. use a clicker when you play, or do you? Uh, no, not with that. No, but that's definitely just a real organic a feel. Feel yeah. playing band. Yeah, never had to do any sort of. I do a lot of click track stuff in the studio. Yep. But um, you don't not live. Ne- you never played live. That yeah. Way, yeah, that would be bloody hard. Because if you if you're in time with a click track, every time you hit the snare, you can't hear the track. You can't hear the click because you're going because it goes. But that ding, means you're that's in time. Yeah, but you can't hear it, can you? You know because <laughs> yeah, you, I think you're actually supposed to play off the track. I don't know. So you I'm play not a drummer. Well, you can, but the idea is if you can't hear it, you're in. Yeah. That's that's what I thought we could talk. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting a bit technical here, folks. Yeah. Anyway, so I just see Garage Band going. Ping, get rid of that. <laughs> I think it's a, yeah, definitely good to have click tracks with counterpoint, and then you can hear an offbeat mm. or something happening. Is Casey Chambers stuff all four four, or is it? Um, she's got all different few different time signatures and things that are moving around half time and it's pretty there's some elaborate stuff in there is there any time signature that you don't really like playing like or you just play more i'd like to keep it simple actually yeah (laughs) because i know when i see a couple of numbers around the wrong way i'm like oh fuck what's going on here (laughs) five four is one of them yeah Take five. Take five is a great, a great one. To it play. is, but if you don't know it, <laughs> you've given the music. So music's four, four, one, two, three, four, and then you put it. You can do a five one, which is it one, two, and three, four, five. Is that how take five goes, or is it? All right, now Benny Greb, he teaches he teaches this thing called the language of drumming. Yeah. So he breaks it down with words or um, sounds. 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 Yeah. That's what the Indians do, isn't it? Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, university. University, university, university. Yeah, that's five. triplets. That's five. Yeah, that's five. University. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Quite, quite that's great. Um, that's so much more musical. And drummers always used to do that anyway, like... Radio, um, radio, 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 yeah. radio, listen to the radio, listen to the radio. And he's just got these other yeah. ways of... So you're not doing it as numbers. Yeah, I don't know why, it's like, cool. Amara's, um, my daughter's... It's easier, isn't it? Then. Mm. She's been doing easier. drums... Um, like for a few years now, and she's being taught properly by Sal, who's a great teacher. But you know, in the sixties, when you're doing your drums and all that, you had paradiddle, paradiddle, paradiddle. You know, they it was on a matapia, so it was just like that, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And then they changed it to math, and everyone couldn't do it. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> and this guy's bringing it back to where it should have been. You know, yeah, like, yeah. We're talking a language, not really. We're not really numbers. Yeah. Things, you know? Some of us are. Well, it, yeah. yeah, Benny's great because of what he's saying is you he, you learn it as a language, yeah, and mm. then you can turn it into so you learn words, then you turn sentences, and then you have whole phrases, and then it all goes yeah. back to music. So it's mm. pretty. What's the, I was great watching a, um, a one of my favorite drummers who was uh, John Coltrane's drummer, Alvin Jones, mm. and there's a great interview of him, and he he almost re rewrote drums there's before Alvin Jones and after him and when you see some of this Coltrane stuff you don't even know 
where's the beat? You know, mm. like it's in time somehow, but it's like I just couldn't understand what was going on. But why was I still tapping my foot to it? And this interview of him, he changed the way of thinking about the drums to colours. So he goes, when I hit this symbol here, it's orange, and I see this orange come out everywhere, and that's purple. Is he high as fuck, though? He might have been, but I really like that idea, though. <coughs> if you want to create something new, you've got to come at it from a different yeah. mental angle, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that, true, yeah. he saw it as colours, man, and he created a whole new way of playing these things, which, how can you do that? It's like yeah. guitar. If you hear someone play something brand new that no one's ever played, like, who's that Tosin Abasi? He, he's this yeah. um, kind of American-African guy that's just ridiculous you know like he's playing uh triplets with hammer-ons and, a th- and he's hitting crazy. with the thumb it's yeah it's and it's a breakneck speed yeah right and you're like how the fuck's he making that noise <laughs> and he's barely moving what's happening here? i saw this <laughs> this really bad this is a, a sidetrack this really bad interview of tosin abasi and it's this cat and he's from the 90s he's a guitar player and all that but he's he's not a shredder man and he tries to jam with Tosin Abasi <laughs> sure. and Tosin's saying oh, okay we'll just do something simple we'll, and I'll play along to it and yeah. he just couldn't even do the simple <laughs> shit you know it was a bit of a train wreck but I'm glad the guy put it up yeah. he wasn't embarrassed he goes ah, I'll put it up anyway, yeah, yeah. You know. still an interview still an interview we need to get back to Mantisa yeah. so how did the first album go so you, you, it you went put well it actually yeah. yeah we had a couple of top top ten singles oh brilliant yeah was that Mary Mary was on that one Mary was one of them. Yeah. Another song called Land of the Living, which ended up being on a surf video, which I think a lot of people, lots of young kids were watching. And yeah. Sweet. That's how they found out about us. So, so far you guys have done um, uh, Pantera, The Chili's. You're, d- you're kind of doing these supports. And, and is that through your management to just get your profile out there? Mm. Yep, okay. absolutely. And that's for the first album? That was for the first album, yeah. yeah. So what happened, like with the second album, I felt like a big change you know, like just the feel of it and the yeah. it was really experimental maybe. Super experimental. I mean one of the one of the biggest um undoings potentially, right? Um was a, a, in the clause of the of the contract it, it, we had full artistic control. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't tell us what to play or if they said, Oh, we need a single from you guys You could tell who signed that contract on this? Idiots. <laughs> Idiots, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we so we were sort of... So we moved to the, the States and we essentially relocated for like <clears throat> just a bit over a year until the money ran out, basically. <laughs> <laughs> did they ever get their second album? They did, they, obviously. They did. They they did. Thirst, wasn't it? Thirst, yeah. yeah. They, they did get their second yeah. album. So you um, guys moved to New York? Yeah, we, we moved to New York. Then we based ourselves out of there. We had um, a, um, a sort of front of house tour manager. And we had these two two sort of, uh, well, they were like Tarago type Chevy vans. Put people movers, but we had all the gear in the back. So we had two of those, three people in each. And we'd rock up to these little little gigs, right? Like, I, I can't even think of, you know, like, what was that one in Wollongong? The, oh, like yeah, the little the youth bar. Oh, yeah. No, you know, um, not <laughs> yours and ours. It's a tiny little place. Kais used to play with my boy. I know the one. It's like you know a room. I mean. It's about the size of this. Right. Fact, it's maybe as big so. as this, right? <laughs> so this band would roll up and there'd be all local bands there and we'd be on the bill. With a sound guy and, <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and all this nice new gear. Yeah. So what 
what's going on? You know, like, um, and then we do, and then we do these sort of bigger gigs with, um, sort of semi sort of big bands at the time. We did one with, um, John Sykes. He's the guitar player in Whitesnake. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and was he, that Vi's replacement? Uh, Vi was, uh, went after him. Ah, so geez. John Sykes played on, on that big, um, record with Still of the Night. Here I Go Again. Here I Go uh, Again. Yeah. Yeah, he was a big... on that one. So he's a pretty smoking guitar player. Smoking guitar yeah. player. An English guy, right? So we got along straight away because we sort of English in Australia. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and he also played in Thin Lizzy as well Shit. as a young kid. Wow. wow. So that was With Gary Moore? Maybe uh, no, with was it Leonard? What's his name? The There's Phil Leonard. Yeah, Phil Leonard. And they had um, there was always a double. I know. I saw. It, I was watching Thin Lizzy Day. I think it was funny how you go through these. Yeah. Uh, you know, go back over these old records, and I've got Thin Lizzy's great greatest hits. Man, they were great. Yeah, they were rock great. and roll music. Yeah. yeah. And I, I watched the thing on Gary Moore. He just passed away a few years ago. R.I.P. And um, and someone had said, oh, you should try out this guitarist. And that is, and Lizzie had an American guitarist. And he goes, oh, who's this cat going to turn up? And then he, he heard him warm up. Right. <laughs> and he's right. like, oh, fuck. Gary Moore. Uh, Gary Moore warm up. Oh. And was like, oh, no, I want to leave the band, man. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah well, didn't he have some good licks? Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Soulful. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, well, so Sykes, Sykes big was. shoes. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was badass. And um, we did a, like a short run, like a six-week run. And he was doing... We're doing these sort of 2,000 seat gigs like Selena's, you know, that sort of. Yeah, yeah. Um, I record you there. Yeah, and there were heaps. There were heaps of these gigs in every town. Yeah, you right. just drive four hours, yep. be another one. And um, yeah, we did these big stretches. We did the US about five times in these vans. Shit. Wow. Based ourselves, you yeah. know, um, in New York and oh, six week run, right? We're going to go Chicago. L.A., San Fran, yep. Texas, Florida, back home. Fucking uh, driving right? the whole driving. way. Oh, my God. So we saw some crazy, crazy <laughs> stuff. Fuck you. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> what, what sort of crazy? Have you got an example? Oh, man, I, like it's probably the first time I've heard like actual guns going off. Yeah. Like especially yeah, when yeah, we yeah. got sat down south. Like well, I remember one night we were checking into our hotel room and just put the key in the door. And oh, it was just like, fuck. whoa, where are we staying? <laughs> this is the wrong side of the tracks, right? Man. And like, we were kids, right? I was like fuck. packing like... So you were what, 20? I was 24. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, it, was pretty, it was pretty frightening. Oh, shit, man. That's yeah. That's that travel money. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, there there were lots of those stories, and and the further you get south, as well, like we'd roll up, or you'd stop at a servo, or um, and you know someone had yeah from around here, are right? yeah. oh. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, and it was it just like <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> we'd be out, you know, like oh, I'm trying to think of some crazy stories, but yeah, you get the idea. It was yeah. it, again, no phones, no. Yeah. Oh, I've got, I had a little film camera and I've got some great, uh, like, sort of film photographs of touring, like, through, like, driving through blizzards 
with no snow chains, right? Just yeah. uh, just holding on and or following a <laughs> snow plow. <laughs> wow. It was just nuts, yeah. like just to get to the next gig. And did we, you get sick of it, or was it still cool? You know. To be honest, yeah, I think I I think we were getting a little tired. You know, lo- lots of booze. Yeah. All the other stuff, you know, it was all there. You could have as much or as little as you needed. And, it, yeah, I think we all got pretty burnt yeah. and, mm-hmm. and and tired. Um, Were you getting traction, though? Like, you're doing a lot of gigs then, so was, was in things the U- working? In or? the US, uh, not really, because it was so big. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, we were getting known, uh, but just on almost like any band would if they were getting in a van and doing it, right? We yeah. just had oh, as much money as we needed to get there. Yeah. yeah. So we were the lucky ones, but yeah. And how was the management or the, the record company with all this? The, they wanted returns, didn't they? Clearly no one was on watch. Yeah. Uh, it, was a non, <laughs> it, it was a non-recoupable contract as well. So we, yeah. we never... You didn't have to it. pay it back. Fuck. <laughs> you had them by the balls. That. Just insane, man. Insane. That's when there was money. CDs had come out. Yeah. They had money have, hand over yeah, first, man. Yeah. They yeah, didn't realise that was the, the real time. Yeah. Yeah. They, they probably got like Mantisa fucking... Yeah. Lord, you know, like, <laughs> don't do this again. <laughs> do not, do not do this. Yeah. You know, this um, is our warning. Yeah, it probably answers your question about you know what happened with Thirst because we were, we were, going through. It was full anti-establishment. You know, anything, um, mega corporate. We mm. were just so against, mm. even though it was the very thing that was drove you guys like feeding us, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It was this weird juxtaposition that was happening and, and these songs were coming out like that. So, um, yeah, that's how Thirst yep. was written in that time. And then when we came back to Australia with our tail between our legs, <laughs> you know, and, um, yeah, and then we sort of the demise of that as well. Like it, it, there were communication breakdowns happening within the band and, yeah, you know. It's a lot of time... With the same people, yeah, under pressure, you partying, yeah, yeah, you know, someone's going to break, Fuck, yep. yeah, 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 and yeah, it does break a lot and of bands going to America, man. Yeah, and they're kids, like really, we were just, yeah, you're still learning how to yeah. interact with each life. other, like yeah, still yeah. learning well, life. Just, <laughs> your brain hasn't even grown, has it? Nah, but you're just brain still fucking forming at 24. <laughs> yeah, you especially know for us boys. About that, like at that time though, it seems like everyone used to actually, you just fucking lived. Like you don't actually, like today, imagine how boring people's fucking road trips are today. Everyone's just doing this, yeah. doing this. To, like mm. there was like, there's still like proper rock and roll type shit happening. There. Yeah. That's fucking real cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I wish I was born a bit earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so filtered now. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. how you're going on and how you're all jammed into a van. Driving around in the snow and that. I remember we played a gig in Dubbo. Dubbo. <laughs> Six hour drive. Driving <laughs> around in the dust. <laughs> fucking, I asked my mate, he owned a chicken farm. Yep. I said, dude, I need a fucking van. There was like six of us in this band. <laughs> and he goes, I've got an old chook van. <laughs> and it stank like oh, heaven. No. Like still had... Like dirt and mud and shit in the back, and we're just throwing amps on it. And like, <laughs> we went to the servo and bought like eight hundred of those little trees, <laughs> sure, yeah, <laughs> just to try and kill the smell. 
and our guitarist ended up sitting on on an amp together. <laughs> <laughs> but that was great. We're only fucking young, twenty three. You don't even. Yeah. You don't was even ask ask we didn't even get music. paid. No, yeah. we played six hours. Yeah, six hours away. It was yeah. fucking great though. It's because you're still doing stuff for the love of it at yeah. that age. Like that's right. That conditioning of reality yeah. hasn't hit in yet. Oh, you're gonna make money and sort your shit totally. out. And like in your twenties, you're sweet. You can do yeah. whatever the fuck you want. No you don't really need cares. money no, at that man. age, really. Well, you don't need sleep. No, no. and you don't. Yeah, man. off you go. Yeah. yeah, guitars are all out of tune. <laughs> yeah, put on some more distortion. Yeah, it'll be alright. You smell yeah. like a chicken. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we fucking stank. <laughs> yeah, this band are wild, man. Yeah, they're covered in chicken shit. Drove from Wollongong, they stink. Didn't even tune the guitars. We just played at two hundred beats per minute. And yeah, <laughs> something happened. Just blast over everything so you can't hear it. Yep, great. That was fun. Yeah, it was great fun. Man, we've got so much more to get through. That's good. <laughs> we only, we're still forward. back in the we're 90s. Yeah, we're still here. This is great. So we're, um, Mantisa come back. Did you guys get to a third album? Uh, no. Okay. Thirst, Thirst was the last one. That was the last one. Mm. So that's 95, is it? Yeah, 95. And then you played Big Day Out? I think we did Big Day Out about three times. I think we might have done... 92, 93, and 95. Wow. So we did the very first one. That was Nirvana oh, were on wow. that gig, weren't they? Nirvana, Nirvana were on that gig. Wow. Um, yeah. There were um, Heroes of Hypocrisy. Oh, what's his name? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Franti. Yeah, Michael Franti, man. Yeah, man. Do you know that? No. He was kind of like a Gil Scott Heron cat from the 90s, you know. He was a really cool dude. He's in Spearhead. or He changed, but... Um, like a hip hop guy, but man, political as yeah, he's got some cool stuff. Super cool. And there was, was yeah. Iggy Pop. Oh yeah, was yeah. On one of those was Sepultura on that, the early one. It's, I think Sepultura were on a big day out, but not the one I ever played. Yeah, Ministry. Do you remember oh, Ministry wow. were on some massive big bands yeah, of the nineties? Right, that's the biggest mosh pit I've ever been. Ministry, Ministry at the big day out in Auckland. Oh my god. It was and some guy like it was just going mental man and some guy kept on whacking into me and that's that's a mosh pit you know they kept on doing it and then it, and it got ridiculous you know so I turned around to to maybe get him off me it was my best mate <laughs> he was saying, I want to do this asshole yeah. Yeah. banging into me there's, no there's no, nothing more democratic than a mosh pit man. big day outs are great. They started off fantastic, man. I saw Smashing Pumpkins just after their second album came out, and they were like, I think at the time, the best man in the world, you know, before he lost his hair. Something happened when he lost his hair, that cat. You yeah. Know? Like, <laughs> songs turned to shit, but their second album was great. Yeah. Prodigy. Big yeah, album. they were great. Oh, man. Yeah, they were mm. cool. Some yeah. big bands. So, yeah, wow. we're, we're, we were really lucky to be there, man, because when the change happened... Um, with Napster coming in and then yeah. all, all the digitization, that's it's, it's how would yeah? Can you explain the change? What happened? You know, why don't we have that level of um, of music? Really, you know, when was the last scene? Like we had grunge, then you had like the English scene, you know, like with um, dance, the Bristol scene, yeah, yeah, Prodigy and all that. Then the noughties hit, and it all just kind of faded away. And and there was a technological change. Do you think, or was it a cultural change, or both? You could think of it. In the way, because because there wasn't a communication, these things happen in that subculture level. Yeah. But yeah. now it's worldwide. Yeah. So there's no you, chance for it to become a, a scene. Well, I mean, it's just a theory, but yeah. it just means the scene's still there. It's just grand. 
yep. in a way, you know. Um, yeah, I have lots of theories on that. Like, as I mean, this band that I play in at the moment, 1920, like... Yeah, we'll definitely get to 1920 right? as well. Yeah. I mean, we're probably selling more CDs than I've ever seen in my whole career of wow. selling CDs, right? Yep. Because we're playing everywhere. I mean, we did like 54 festivals the year before COVID. Jesus. Yep. In one year. Fucking hell. Massive. That's hard. Um, COVID. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me started. Oh, <laughs> <man. laughs> we and and this is all with no this is all completely independent. Yep. Self managed. And no songs on the radio. Mm. But we just we've got this great uh, like an underground live, thing. Just a, a great fun time where music's fun again. Mm. Yeah. They're a good party band, man. A great party band and it's it. pretty infectious. Yeah, and and we're doing sort of these festivals again, and it was yeah doing super well until yeah yeah, ago. yeah so <laughs> so you, yeah that's it's a double edged sword isn't it because like you're not going to get signed to a major label now and almost you probably don't want to because mm. they all want their money back now, yeah you know so right. yeah <laughs> well it's an investment right it's an so investment want to yeah. see it come and, back and I think maybe with the major labels. The management's changed. Like in the 60s and 70s, they were like, I saw an interview with Frank Zappa and he was saying it was a lot better before we had these cool kids in charge of the record companies who thought they knew about music. And he said, you know, back in the 50s and 60s, it was some kind of huge white fella of a cigar who didn't know anything about, you know, he like Frank Sinatra or whatever. And he said, yeah. oh, well, Sal, oh, that'll do, you know. But then in the 70s, these cool cats that knew about music came in. They said, no, nah, that's not very... The experts came yeah. in and kind of kind of twisted it a bit you know and now this uh, i think i was like for an example those um like pop stars in australia's got talent i was listening to an interview of one of them you know a few years ago because they're off the contract now but they have something called a 24 contract or no, a 360 contract 360 yeah. 360 contract man so it what means mean? it, every time they go on the radio they might get a little fee for it but they they get a cut you know, the company gets a cut on you, on any single thing you do oh, in your okay. life, they yeah. will have a cut on that, man. So you just don't really own any of your shit. No, there's all these kids jump on these shows and think, you yeah. know, it's going to be a uh, a step up the yeah, ladder. And, and you think, silly, yeah, who's got famous from it? It's Guy Sebastian. Yeah, that was it. That's it. Wasn't yeah. it, you know? Maybe Shannon yeah. did it all right. Yeah. But Guy had a church behind him and that, not that he's not talented, but he had a, his own backing anyway. Mm. Yeah. So um, what, what 1920, we'll get onto them soon, do, but is, you're still... <laughs> Getting out there, playing gigs, and building it up, man. When you think about, yeah, you know, what Mantisa had uh, these big record contracts. Mm. Recorded music's only ever uh, was only around for a hundred years. Yeah, you know, before then, musicians had to go out and play. Yeah, yeah that was it. That's how yeah. they made their. And then this thing came along with the Rolling Stones, and everyone could make all this money. But it was only a really kind of short window. Mm. Yeah. and now it's gone back to exactly what nineteen twenty do is go out there and bloody play and sell. You know, and people don't probably don't even have CD players. But no. when they buy a CD, they're buying it to support the band. Yeah. You know, so um, you don't even have to sell CDs. You could sell books or coffee, you know, like you can actually branch out. Yeah. We've and got hats, stubby holders. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Tea towels. We'll send oh, there'll really. be links everywhere, of course. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. It's great. But the, yeah, towels. it becomes a like a souvenir. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I was um, there. Mm. It's like a, it's almost like a little throwback. To like, yeah, like, like I find like having stuff 
Net, like having something to take away because now there's nothing physical like you take photos it just stays on your fucking device yeah we were talking about that like yeah, albums yeah. the other day yeah, like, yeah. last week yeah um, it's, it's having that physical thing oh, tangible right. thing like, to yeah, touch yeah, yeah, yeah I was there and this is you know yeah, like, like people used to have ticket stubs and shit yeah ticket tour shirts yeah tour shirts yeah they were great yeah fucking they had all the like Sydney the date and yeah we actually did a tour shirt for um 1920, we did a special one when COVID hit. We called it COVID-19. COVID <laughs> we had these online shirts. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> They're still available probably. Uh, uh, they've all gone now. Oh, are they? Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's great. Um, oh, where are we, man? We are Mantisa. So we've left Man- Man- Mantisa bro- broke up. Yep. Um, what happened was, there? We didn't go over that. Yeah. Was there any particular reason or just... I don't. I don't think it was any one reason i think it was just we saw the end of it um the label again this insane contract um so when we finished the second record um there was a clause that if the label didn't want to go ahead with the album they had to pay the band 100 grand (laughs) 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 back to america oh my god that's fair. So he would have got fired for sure. <laughs> Whoever saw <laughs> that. So he got a golden handshake. It was insane. He got so executed. Fair enough. They didn't like the record, so we got 100 grand. Yeah. Off, yeah. off you go, people. Yeah. So there was no, like, one guy getting too many girls or anything like that. Fucking like, <laughs> 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 sick of him. He's getting all yeah. the checks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on base. <laughs> I get fucking nothing. <laughs> Oh, no, I thought that's how they broke up. Yeah, <laughs> usually we'll stick to that story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, players get nothing. Uh, yeah, no, just personal differences, and and um, you know that that was the sort of last sort of nail, yeah, in, in the coffin with that it, because it was like w- we couldn't really go any further, yeah, with that band. So, and I, I think we were all sort of branching off in different ways anyway, like musically as well, or. Possibly musically, which is why it is so experimental. That avant-garde That's, record. Yeah, yeah. I've really listened to that. Give one. it a sure listen. I'll give it because that sounds right up my alley. It is, you know. That was it, produced by a guy named Michael Letho, who'd um, he'd mixed um, a couple of Rush albums. Oh yeah. And um, and he was a Melbourne-based guy, and he was he became a bit of my mentor actually for production and um, because that was just in the turn of. Pro Tools coming out and yeah, computer-based yeah. medium, um, and he was all over it. So, wow, yeah, and, uh, and and he he was like a tape operator. At, he left school at sixteen and went into the ABC radio as a tape operator and w- worked his way right through. Yep, the old system, all that yep. broadcast system, and then became a producer himself. And uh, yeah, and w- we still chat. Um, yeah, great. So is that yeah. what happened? Uh, you didn't go straight back into a band after Matisse? You actually decided to get into the production side of it? Um, well, I started really honing that skill. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, from Mantissa, I, it was almost like that was my slingshot for my career, basically, yep. because in Australia at that time, they were a pretty well-known band, right? So everyone knew of them. Yeah. Yep. And it was just, yeah, I just kept getting, jumping into these sort of projects. So, yeah, so you're already in that circle. So you yeah. tap into... Yeah. yeah, and I was almost being invited into bands and 
and, and essentially it's what I've been doing since 96, yeah. just jumping into bands as either a session drummer or and then it becomes a permanent thing yeah. and then it burns out and then off I go to the next one. Sweet. So sounds like a good life. Sounds good life, is, but but with just like jumping forward now with COVID. So is it was it a kind of precarious life? Like you're always worried about the next gig, or was were you always booked up and it was okay? I think, um, yeah, you you get your ebb and flow yeah. of when things are hot and then they cool down. Um, I almost like any uh, self sole trader, self employed. Person, yeah. you get these these big spouts, whether it's um, you know, the summertime or whether it's weather. And mm-hmm. So that's how I was rolling basically. Yep. And then um, nineteen twenty, I joined that band as a session drummer. So Kane said, "How much are you per gig?" And it yeah. was like, "Off we go." And then next thing you know, it started to build momentum, and it's like, "Well, let's get." I was getting more heavily involved in in the recording process, and then. It's it's totally a, a, a equal share. So join mm. the band. Yeah, basically yeah. join the band because it was doing really well. So you yeah. can make a living out of being a session musician. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I never yeah. thought you could. Yeah. Everyone else. Oh man, I I I pinch myself daily to be able to to make money out of music. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. great. And uh, and the live thing was taking off. So. So there I am. Um, so I joined a band called Iota. Yeah. Um, yep. And that was when the production started because I co-produced a record with him and then produced a record with him. Um, He's a fantastic singer. Amazing I've seen singer. a few times. Yeah. yeah. So, and then from, from that, I started getting some production gigs. So not only was I playing um, in different bands, I was also producing other artists with all that knowledge that i just learned basically mm. and um and and that's helped as well so when i'm not playing i'm in the studio and that's that's how i got through covid basically so yeah. mm. covid hit i was um we were playing we just traveled to the blue mountains we we're playing um the blue mountains music festival i had two shows with casey and three shows in 1920 over a three-day period so oh. i had Five gigs in three days. Yep. Cancelled. Nice. Oh. That was yeah. it. Gone. Fuck. Now, yeah. I was going. we were going to Amsterdam to record the next album. We were Shit. going to the Maldives with Casey. I was going to Bali, like a surf resort <laughs> thing. Oh, <man>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> so before you got here, I'm a mad surfer yeah, as well, right? Yeah, so, get onto that so, as well. Yeah, 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 so where did that come yeah. from? Because you grew up in Western yeah, Sydney. West there, yeah. there ain't too many waves yeah. out no, there from there, what I remember. Yeah. Clearly, there is no ways. No, I picked that up when I was in late 20s and, yeah, just got hooked. Yeah. And um, Did you keep the long hair for that? or I did for a little bit and then, yeah, that just turned into a, mat- a matted mess <laughs> and off it, <laughs> off, it, off, it, off it came. <laughs> um, like a bit of seaweed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, mad for surfing. So, um, yeah, w- when Casey said, oh, there's a possible gig in Bali, surf resort. <laughs> oh, <fucking> oh. <laughs> Dude, this is like, I'm getting paid to go yeah. surfing. <laughs> I'm a pro surfer now as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. It was what got you into surfing? Just the look of it or? Um, a, a buddy of mine actually said, you should come out, you know. And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. 
Um, I think I started to see the analogies of uh, like obviously just fitness, but I really enjoyed that um, the similar thing we talked about with that headspace, like your mind goes faster and then yeah. and then you try and control like that. Like uh, heightened awareness. Heightened awareness. And surfing very much that, like yeah. if if you don't, if you don't, I, I, you've done it. I don't know if you're yeah, riding guys surf. Yeah, it's same. Yeah, yeah. same we're, thing. We're included in, in his, um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we've already talked about it. It's yeah. all right. <laughs> you know, you got, you got to, you, you got to switch the head or, or you'll be swamped, hmm. you know, especially when it starts to get bit big, big or heavy. powerful. Yeah. Um, and I, I love the meditation of it. You know, mm. it's humbling. It, you can have, you can be having the worst day and get out and have a great surf and yeah. sometimes you can be having a great day and the surf can just humble you, you yeah know, like turn you into a yeah, rag doll humbled yeah. me yeah. humbled me one day and i had 20 something stitches in my face oh really yeah, yeah. yeah. cut Ouch. my nose in half Whoa. straight down there was all just blown out and cut my lip off across there oh man and a couple of punctures down here and that was no. it for your surfing. Um. Yeah, after that I went, fuck yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was good. But yeah. um, it was weird because we all, we surfed that same break, like six foot, perfect. Yeah. But this day, we, it was really small, mm. but it was real, really um, shallow and just breaking on basically the reef. And we were just out having some fun. And I took off really late. And I remember like it just sucked me, my legs straight over my head. Whoa. And face first, I like blacked oh, out a little man. bit. It was crazy. Yeah, it, I always hear that actually that the small surf. Yeah, uh, everyone that I know has had an injury with small surf. You know, just switched off. That's exactly right. what I reckon. Like, mm. I just didn't care. I was like, oh fuck it, it's only yeah. two foot or three foot or whatever yeah. it was. It was like yeah. small compared to the the week previously, where you're like you have heightened, to be heightened yeah. awareness. Would you focus, been, focus or be. Yeah. yeah. Like you pick very select on what, what you're going to paddle into. Mm. And yeah. Especially at this break, it's called it's called Red Sands, you probably know. Oh, yeah. 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 That's a heavy, heavy break. Heavy right-hander. Mm. For a bodyboarder, it was mm. heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Not that day. <laughs> <laughs> Not that day. I remember no. actually my mate when I paddled in, because he didn't pad- he didn't surf it. He was like, fuck that. Fuck reefs. <laughs> he was like, just stick to the beach. And I paddled in, and the look on his face when he looked at my face, <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, yeah, this is bad. Pretty, this is bad. <laughs> and that's what Ouch. I look like how I do today. Good looking, bike. Good looking bike. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even notice. <laughs> Scarred up. Anyway. Uh, How are we doing? I'm going to do a wee. I think. Right. Can we do a little wee break? Yeah, a little, little wee break. break. It's going great, though, isn't it? They feed it back in all of a sudden. Like, they cycle it. Mm. When, I, when I heard that, I actually noticed it. That was interesting. Anyway, that was social social <laughs> dilemma. The social <laughs> dilemma. Have you seen? I haven't We're straight back in, into things now. I've got a new hat on. So I hope everyone appreciates that. I hope you've got a beer <laughs> here as well. I, I certainly do. And um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, Matt, you might have to move over, mate. I don't know if you're in frame. Over there. Yeah. There we go. Uh, have I been out of frame the whole time? No, but you weren't sitting there. Before. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Mm. Yeah. Needed room for the safari hat. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? A, a plinth hat? I think what they called it. Yeah, this is what they were That's wearing cool. over in India. You need a so, musket. Uh, Wow, yeah. Uh, what you, what's that um, Jack White album? Uh, it was last one. It's um, 
Don't know. Nah, it's a what's the thing? It's a big musket with a big end on it. Yeah, the mus- I thought that was the musket. The nah, elephant gun. There's no it's elephant gun. Yeah. Well, it, it is an elephant is. gun. Oh, oh shit. We're gonna have, oh, that'll Start come to me it. anyway. Um, Start with a B, maybe. Yeah, a basket. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it will come to me. And we were just uh, off screen there. We were just having a chat about the social dilemma, weren't we? Yeah. Um, which is a documentary you should watch. I was going to mm. tell you guys about uh, a documentary I watched called. Um, I don't know if I've spoken about it, but it was um, surveillance capitalism, which is oh, that's just. You'll never pick up your phone again after listening to this lady, yeah. you know. Like, so basically, is what it on YouTube or is it? Yeah, it's on YouTube. Yep. We can post a link to it. Um, she's, I think, she's a Harvard professor. She wrote the book Surveillance Capitalism. What she did, she went all the research back to around um, September eleventh, two thousand and one. That's when this whole surveillance thing kicked off, and um, and Google were just a small company then, but the basically the um, CIA and uh, and agencies like that. They they said okay we can get we can use this you know and fight terrorism, but they weren't really into fighting terrorism. Turns out they're into just getting information and selling it to other companies, yeah. and uh, it was all about the moolah. And so and Google got bigger and bigger and bigger, and then they they were tapping everyone's emails and all that type of thing, and they still do. And then Facebook came along and they got more information that way. And now people have these little speakers in their house mm. where this thing is listening to you the oh, whole yeah. time. Google they, Home or whatever it's all called. All those home yeah, devices, home even the thing on your phone, man. So what, cause like what Siri. They, mm. Well, it's I always don't have on. that bitch on, but anyway. Yeah, well, you can't actually turn her off because yeah. they always You can't it. turn it off. No, nah, no. Nah. <gasps> so you can turn it off. It says it's off, it's but still it, it ain't off. It ain't off. <laughs> so, um, and, and that's the uh, it's called surveillance shit. capitalism. <laughs> Because originally capitalism was about selling products, like, like that yeah, sort of peanut or yeah. something like that. But now that's not good enough. If you're going to sell a product that has to be on the net and it has to have a surveillance aspect to it, and that's what you're actually selling. You mean selling. a product like a right. Smack Panda shirt? Or? Well, um, <laughs> we are the one company, probably along with 1920, that don't put surveillance shit. No surveillance here, guys. No. And so they, they, want they want your information, and that's what they're selling. They're not selling you a product anymore. Your car's got yeah. GPS that listens to you. That's the surveillance yeah. capitalism part of it, is they need that. Oh, I've got a, one of these robot vacuum cleaners. It's got a microphone in it. Fuck Why? Jesus. I don't know. Like, so, What's it need a, va- a microphone? <laughs> yeah, they're everywhere. And that's yeah. what the, you know, there's people going on about 5G giving you cancer and I'm don't not worry sure. About that or, shit. Or, or I not. haven't seen 5G come on my phone But yet. the actual issue with 5G is that that's what it's going to be used for because they need okay. a stronger thing because the lights are... I just bought some Bluetooth lights. I was silly because they're mm. all part of the surveillance capitalism thing, this, you know. This sounds like it all links in with... Um, old, um, what was her name? Oh, the, oh Catherine. Catherine oh, oh, yeah. Oh, guess from what? The, the guess who one. was removed from YouTube? Was she removed? That video was removed. I sent a link to someone. I wow. said, check this out. She was like, no way. This is a, like a... Lady from the gym that's pretty intelligent. And I sent her the link and it, it, it had been taken down. Fuckers. Like, well, wow. Really? Josh yeah. Taylor, world champion, just quickly. Um, you know, Josh Taylor, the unified champion. He's been putting stuff up about this type of yeah. this type of censorship and stuff. And um, it was interesting to get like someone even at that level like censor or message about. Yeah. I was telling him about the video that got taken down and. You know, I was like, you'd probably just be censored. He said there's actually laws out now in the UK for anyone, like, um, putting anything up against kind of COVID or 
um, anything like that, that kind of surveillance. Uh, well, that's the very yeah. thing, you know, you need, people need information from both sides of the argument to make up their, their minds, you know, yeah. and like there's people out there believe in flat earth, they haven't banned them, because people can realise <laughs> the shit's stupid, <laughs> you know. Well, you know, <laughs> I've been out of space, but I'm pretty sure it's fucking not that place. It's not a disc. Uh, <laughs> it's not a disc. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how they explain the rest of it. I'll, I'll probably, if I could be bothered, I'd like to figure yeah. out how they can even think that but um but you know it's like babying <laughs> people into whereas they should let people say whatever they want i think and then debate the hell out of them and just b- blow them <coughs> out of the water so i think there's too many bullshit. people in the world wow there's, um, uh, there's I <laughs> which ones would you get rid of <laughs> well <laughs> what oh the, shit don't worry do you really want me to go for this <laughs> no. don't worry covid sorting that out COVID yeah. Sorting. yeah yeah that's yeah. right um, uh, don't worry about tom hanks he's all right well, yeah. He pulled through. He did pull through. <laughs> so did Trump. <laughs> yeah. So evidently. COVID's not that good at killing people. Well, I was killed a few. Yeah. So, well, that's we're not getting into COVID because no. we don't. Let's we're here about the music. Yeah. yeah. Sydney J. Green. <laughs> let's get back and roll. Let's get back to the rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. So, Sydney, you, you you built your own studio. Yeah. Yeah. Very and much it. like this one. Yeah. I, we were discussing earlier that. Probably not like my one, which we've been discussing for the last few weeks, where I'm building this new studio. Just a sick place. I've got to tell a story. So anyway, um, I'm building this. I've been up. The kids go to bed at 7.30, and so I've been up for like three or four nights, finishing at 2, 2.30 in the morning, building, wow. putting the jib rocking on, you know, the, uh, the jib rock. And I finally got the ceiling on, and it was just like I was – it was ridiculous. And then I, I thought, well, I'm not going to do the plastering. I'll get a plaster. And then he, and I, well, I found one. Seems like a cool cat. And he came in and he goes, oh, who did this? He actually <laughs> said, holy shit, who did this? Which, <laughs> which I thought, man, I must have done a really good job. Yeah. And I, I thought I that said, too when you sent the message. <laughs> I thought, Matt's killed it here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was really stoked to it. And, yeah. he, and I said, oh, it was me. Why? And he goes, well, you know there's a front and a back to these things. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the worst thing about it is I didn't know there was a front and a back. And I thought I'd done it the right way around, oh, but I hadn't. Minor so, details. Minor yeah. details. Yeah. So it's now going to cost it's only a couple grand. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, going right. to be his problem now. Isn't yeah, it? it is. Just put another layer on. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. It'll the be right fine. way. But it was quite yeah. funny. <laughs> so I've been to Sid's studio, and it's a lot better than that. So. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, <laughs> so yours is um, underground slightly, or well, it feels underground actually. Um, we were talking before. Um, it's. It's it's a garage, basically, but it, I've laid um, a thousand of those Besser blocks, you know, the, the big grey blocks, yeah. uh, filled with concrete. So it's it's like a bunker. Yeah. Um, which means that I can do work. I could do a lot of mixing and all practice, and um, and not disturb the neighbours. And I've got a five year old son, so the last five years, y- y- you know, you don't want to make any noise, mm. any. Uh, uh, so it was great. I could practice late at night mm. and uh, not wake not not wake a newborn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was handy, very handy. And, and that's one thing about your place when I was there, which is which something well, I've got to employ. Why were you there, Matt? I'll be recording an album there, actually, yeah, finishing one off. I believe yeah. it's up the back there. It's up the back there somewhere. <laughs> it's for sale right yeah. now. Yeah, there's no uh, microphones in it, <laughs> although microphones were used in its creation. Um, that... The problem I have with this studio is I get the kids to bed and then it's time to hang out with my wife mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and have a chat about her day. And then she might go to bed or something. It's like 10 o'clock at night and just even walking from 
like it's what, a ten meter walk it's not or close something. Enough. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, how do you? Ah, uh, well, my problem, which I think you cured, was you don't have a TV. Is that still the case? Uh, yeah, we don't have a TV in the house. Yeah. Mm. Wow. That's cool. So, which is <laughs> that's next that's level. Cool. Yeah, it's good. It is. It is great. And also, like what we were just discussing off air, is that I'm I'm getting rid of my uh, my iPhone and going to an old brick for the same reason. You know, I think. Maybe as you get older, you value your time a lot more. Mm. And um, even me gets Why don't sucked you just into this. Put your phone down. I just can't, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I'm not alone. <laughs> and Willie's texting us for the time of the day. I've got a lot of talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so Haley's saying, hasn't he got a life? What's going yeah, on here? Yeah, I miss you. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. We don't well, get a skate ours, anymore. Yours is fucking. Oh, we'll talk about it later. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> don't want to go into it because so we don't know too much about it yet. So that's about time management then. So, is it? Yeah, time management. Um, I, I think the greatest thing about working in the studio is um, that you can pick your own hours. Yeah. Mm. So, I'm sort of just choosing to be sort of stay-at-home dad and use that time wisely to hang with my boy and yep. and wife and then sort of do work when everyone's asleep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's such a an amazing luxury to be able to do that, right? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it means the days are a little longer. Yeah. But um it yeah, it's it's such a blessing mm. to be able to do it. So studios are pretty expensive from what I've heard. Yeah. Um this one's this one's been a lifelong collection. Yep. You know? Um so some of that Matisse Batista of fucking money coming. That's right. Hang <laughs> <laughs> on, where's that 300 grand gone? Yeah. Oh, I wish. <laughs> you know. Yeah. By the way, yeah. I quit. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's just been almost a, a lifelong sort of obsession with um, <clears throat> collecting instruments yeah. and, and then things mm. to record with. And um, even that trip I was talking about in the Caribbean, Yep. So to 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 oh, get yeah, we haven't even talked about to that. get yeah, to the yeah, yeah. to get to the Caribbean, you, we fly through New York City again. So I obviously got to go there again, and um, so maybe I should start while yeah, I was yeah. going there. So yeah, this is a whole new new branch, <laughs> yeah. all right, isn't it? So we're going to have to branch back. So yeah, yeah. Maybe we could start at, at your wonderful wife. Yes. So um, my wonderful wife Ellie, yes. um, who's an artist as well, talented. Yeah, yeah. very talented. So we're going to have to. Throw some photos yeah, up yeah. if you can yeah. send yep. me some. So, um, so yeah, River, River, River's parents, one's a musician and one is an artist, so I'm figuring he's probably going to be an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to rebel somehow. Well, we need one. Someone's got to pay the bills. Are you kidding? But, yeah, so um, Ellie uh, got this incredible uh, scholarship to study overseas. Uh, with an American art school, and they sort of specialise in this art called hyperrealism, and it's sort of uh, they're charcoal based. It's like a photo. They look like photographs, Fuck, man. But even like more real than photographs. They're ah. quite incredible. So they have a campus on this island in the Caribbean, and they have a campus in Pennsylvania. And when she got the scholarship, they said, "Oh, you can go to the Caribbean or Pennsylvania," and we're like. <laughs> Go to that one. Go to paradise. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we sort of, um, and this was sort of early days with nineteen twenty. So I was okay. sort of, yeah. I was um, 
she got this great opportunity and it was like, oh, what, what do we do? The band's going well, the studio's going well. Let's just go. Let's just do it, you know? And um, I was a little apprehensive, I have to admit, because things were going well. But it it felt like it was Ellie's turn. Mm. Yep. So just did it. We just took off. Um, well, before that, we saved as much money as we could mm, yeah. to live. All the um, tuition was free. We just had to live while we were there and get there. Um, so, um, and this all tied in with the Benny Greb thing as well. So oh, okay, I, yeah. <coughs> I went to Frankfurt um, and then we were meeting back in New York City and then fly down to the Caribbean. Um, Where so did you meet this chick? <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> On a South Coast train. Was Fuck it really? It yeah. Awesome. On a South Coast train. He's going to have to lift the ge- yeah. game, girls. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it was so cool. And uh, so we we uh, we got an Airbnb in Chinatown, New York. And oh, wow. And we sort of, I took her down memory lane that, you know, like. I played there. Yeah, there played and there. there. <laughs> <laughs> On the street gone. Yeah. There. It was. It 2,000 was people. Pretty wild. And, um, yeah. and of course, whenever you go to New York City, you've got to go to the famous Steve Maxwell's drum shop, which is this vintage and he yeah. sells all these old uh, 60s drum kits that you dream of as a kid right and I walk into this shop and we're going through like just amazing instruments of the time and um, and I see this drum kit and it's not it's not vintage it's um, it, it doesn't have anything I recognize on it and I was like what's this drum kit and they're like oh yeah it's a boutique boutique kit out of Ver- Vermont he only makes one a year, and I was like, oh, wow, it's really nice. And yeah. Anyway, I was like, mm, okay. Mm. And then, <laughs> <laughs> so we go to Anguilla, and I don't stop thinking about this drum kit. <laughs> but, yeah. And it was like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, it's what's wrong with <laughs> And I was like, what am I going to do on this tropical island? You know, I'm getting a drum kit, credit card. Yeah. I called up the drum shop, I'll take it, you know, and they organized the freight down. It wasn't very expensive, it was three grand or something on the credit card. And um, so I write, I write to the guy, I find him on Facebook, the, the maker of this drum kit, it's got wooden hoops and um, I write to him and I say, oh, I bought one of your drum kits out of New York a couple of weeks ago and, and he writes back straight away, you bought Goldie, that's it. Okay, um, <laughs> uh, t- I'm guessing it's like maple or something. Uh, can you tell me a bit about it? And he's like, yep, a lightning bolt hit a maple tree on my grandfather's property. Wow. The next day we went out and milled it by hand, carried it back to the to the shop wow. by hand and over a year built this drum kit. And I'm just flipping out, Whoa. right? Because it was just yeah. such a, I just thought he was making it up, but it was <laughs> so yeah. r- real. Um and uh, yeah, so we were um, so basically we were in, on this tropical island, and I was putting all that um, knowledge and stuff that I'd learnt with Benny Greb, just sitting on, on this island playing the drums, wow. yeah. and that was all I had to do basically. And I, I was trying to be a fisherman, yeah. So I was totally reinventing myself, but um, I, I found it, it. What happened is it. it energized me to be what I really wanted to be in, mm. in a way which was obviously a musician and never mm. goes away yeah um, and I was surrounded in this foreign place with reggae 
Oh, I was going to ask about that. Yeah, man, re- it was I, it was Just the biggest lesson. Yeah, um, I ever got. I never was into reggae until you live on a tropical island. It's forty That's degrees every day, yeah, yeah. and all they drink is rum. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and smoke weed. Mm-hmm. Like everywhere yeah. I went, hey man, you want some weed, man? I was like, no, I don't smoke. I know you do, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I really don't smoke. I know you do, man. Yeah. And it was really funny, but you know, it's their, it's their culture and yeah. it's what they do. Mm. But um, yeah, it was it was very funny. Uh, but yeah, did you join the band over there? You, you yeah, I ended up. We ended up. Um, got some great friendships that were built there. Musicians as well. So. Um, Ended up doing like little covers gigs and um, just met some great bands that were doing, you know, gigs. And then we were just, during the day, we'd just knock around exchanging licks. You know, all they wanted to do was learn the rock stuff because they they were sick of reggae. And all they wanted was give me the reggae, right? You know? (laughs) Um, So it was this really mutual exchange. It was was fabulous. That sounds perfect, eh? Yeah, Yeah, really great. Um, yeah, uh, incredible place. Incredible place. How long were you guys there for? Oh, sorry. What was that? How long were you guys there for? A year. Oh, full year. Amazed. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, I'd, I'd produced a record with an Australian-Canadian guy, and um, we we were super close. And, um, and so when he found out I was in the Northern Hemisphere, he's like, man, I'm going to book some gigs. I'll get you up in Canada. And I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. And sure enough, within a, within about two months, he's like, yeah, I've booked, we're doing some little cafes, house concerts, and there's a festival, and we'll just camp, and we'll just go through British Columbia in my van. I'm like, <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, yeah, so we ended yeah. up, it was super close. It was like a six-hour flight. Yeah. It hit Vancouver. Um, but this was crazy because he booked these gigs like Seattle and Vancouver, close to each other and um but um it's super tight like getting instruments through the border so because of the taxes uh americans can sort of play in vancouver and not pay any tax so there's a lot of bands doing it so they're on to it right okay so um as soon as as soon as when you're doing the border crossing they see instruments they want to know where you're going where you're playing have you paid have you paid your taxes or all this yep. sort of mm. stuff? Yeah. And um, so when Dom gets in the car, we pack the drum kit and the guitars and then he puts a chainsaw and a gun. <laughs> <laughs> and a wild show. Yeah, a twenty two <laughs> rifle yeah. over this this gear and some ammunition in the, in the console. I'm like, what are you doing? He was like, no, it's cool. It's a little decoy. So we get to the border crossing and they see the gun and the ammunition. They're like, right, right everyone out of the car. Yeah. And they're, they're just checking out. And <laughs> Dom's like, yeah, here's my license. So he got it. They've just picked up some ammunition at the at the hunting shop. Yeah. And they're, and they're just going through, focused on this gun. Yeah. Not even noticing the drum that kit. That's fantastic. Yeah. He's done it before. Right? Yeah, yeah. And it's, right, yep, all the papers, yep, off you go, boys. See ya. Wow. <laughs> Next night we're that playing their drums. Fun, <laughs> it was yeah. so yeah. funny, That's you good. know. It was just... It's got it worked out. Just wild. Yeah. Just the things you do now, they're, they're going to know I'm a 
<laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> I was making some money. But um, it was such a great trip, like inc- uh, just mind mind blowing trip to do BC, basic Vancouver all the way to Calgary. Calgary. Um, it's a big country as well, isn't it? Massive. We live in a big country, but I think yeah, it's bigger, isn't it? It's big. Yeah. And I think the thing that blew me away the m- most was that there is actual fence from that. America and there's a fence. Can- Canada. Is it really? Is it they made a fence. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <For> Canada. <laughs> wow. They're pretty wild. It's pretty welcome. And welcome. In yeah. It. Yeah. 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 I yeah. heard there were like a tree line, you know, like with people fucking with. Um, what's those people at the airport? Yeah. And they're just yeah. waving oh, yeah. people in like, you want to come in? Let's go. Oh, welcome to Canada, <laughs> eh? Yeah. They had to flip yeah. top. <laughs> <laughs> it's not yeah. that. It's not that. <laughs> yeah, so what do you think nuts. of um, like auto-tune? Yeah, it, it, can be, it can be good for certain things. People who can't sing? No, it, I think what it does, it salvages a great performance. Mm. Um very nice. Hmm. Yeah. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, otherwise you're going to have to redo something and it might be on a different day and mm. you won't, you just can't, can't manufacture a vibe. So I think auto-tune can be great for those things within reason if it, if it subtracts from like a song, then obviously. Yeah, it's no good. But obviously nowadays in modern music, it's, it's even, piece, it's even it? become yeah. in effect that that mm. is a thing. So yeah. it really depends on its context. Are there any favourite bands you're listening to at the moment? Um, at the moment, I've, I've been really liking Wild Rivers. They're a Canadian band. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're really, really neat. I'm really liking it. I have to check them out. Well, I think when we first came down to do the album with you, we had a little interview or something first, and mm. it sold me because you were, we mentioned another Canadian guy, Mr. Daniel Lemoyne, and he's like my all-time, almost favourite musician, <laughs> you know, and he's, um, he's a producer, um, like he did Joshua Tree and all, all these famous albums, you know, from YouTube and stuff, but my main buzz of him was his solo albums, and Sid was the only person I'd met that actually knew him, yeah. you know, in oh, Australia. Never heard of him. Yeah. Oh man, he's he's just a sonic genius, he, you know. Yeah, yeah, he he produced um, Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer. You know the yeah the Sledgehammer's. Sledgehammer. Yeah, he's been a whole year on that, didn't he? Big record. A year yeah, on that album, on the So album, man. Lived, just lived and breathed this yeah. album for a year. Yeah, he's, he's like foregone a family and all that type of thing. Fuck. Doesn't have kids, man. It's just. Music, music, music. And he's like in his 60s now, well into his 60s, and he's just as passionate, man. Like he's yeah. such an inspiration, eh? This blows me out. Did he do um, Chinese Democracy with Guns N' Roses? <laughs> I think he might have seen that one. <laughs> Ten years in the making. Yeah, oh, my God. He I don't did, think he's ready do, yet. He did do a, um, a Neil Young record, and Neil Young um, only records on the full moon. So oh, shit, is right? yeah, so it, it, it's eleven song album that took eleven months. <laughs> Holy fuck! <laughs> That's bizarre. for real. Yeah, oh, man. was he waiting to turn into a werewolf? Or uh, something? I th- he, well, he's, he's into the big harvest harvest moon and yeah, um, yeah. and the power around that moon cycle. So, well, yeah. definitely the fruit like mint is stronger at a full moon. Mm. So the the flavour, yeah. the peppermint things like you pick it at a full moon and it's, it's actually stronger. Hmm. It's going to be heaps of. 
I do hate him for that. But I, I think it does. I picked the moon's okay. on the full moon, oh. man, and it's, yeah. it's really strong. I know strong. it fucks up the stars. That's about it. Well, the moon's been around for a lot longer than we I have. I mean, and it can pull ocean. Doesn't it change it the can, tides? It does, it yeah. yeah. Something can change the tides. The sun can't do that, can Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Can it? I don't know. I don't know. I've never looked into the sun. Fuck yeah. the sun. Yeah, no, it's no, um, he's great. So we'll put a few links to him as well. But yeah. I find uh, what I found with your production style is it's really similar to his. That even though you're using, you know, you still got a computer and that, but man. You, you get this, you get this analog vibe, and that's what I think everyone I know to have gone to. That's what they they're going for something real. Even though like like you were saying before that you might have just a singer songwriter with no band, mm-hmm. and you'll well you should tell the story. So how how does um. How, like some a singer songwriter comes to you, yeah. just as a few songs. How, what happens from that point on? Well, I mean, this is a great one because COVID hit, and yeah. um, you know, had all those gigs as we just talked about. The tour was booked, um, and luckily for me, a musician that had a studio, and all the studio, and basically all the musicians don't have any gigs anymore. So, yeah. it's really only one thing we can do, and is it make records. Um, or make music. So, um, yeah, interestingly enough, the phone started ringing straight away within a in, within a few weeks, and um, I think everyone knew I was home as well because yeah. I I think um, the network of people that you that you're around musicians they they know when you're busy and when you're not yeah. uh, social media usually. Yeah. So um, I made this beautiful record with this um, girl Lucy that I still haven't met yet. And um, she was, she's a singer-songwriter. So I said, look, uh, she was living in a van as well. So uh, I said, just do a, a click track, a simple click track, metronome, and play the guitar and sing the vocal and send it to me. And then I'll do the rest. So I'd add drums and bass and um, some lap steel um, and then I'd send her like a band track and then she'd sing on top of it and then yeah. sometimes she'd play the guitar on top of it as well, yeah. send it back and then I'd mix it. And we basically made a whole EP without ever meeting. Ever Jesus. Meeting. Ah. Which That's is pretty, insane. which is super, like super cool. And yeah. I didn't leave the house, right? Yeah. So, and there was a point there where you almost couldn't, you know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Fuel was 90 cents a litre and we couldn't drive anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so it was like, great. Um, it was really working. It was perfect. Yeah. Um, and I think it, people were inspired again, you know. They were yeah. getting back to, yeah. well, life Life wasn't so hectic for a minute. Yeah. You know, we yeah, all yeah, got yeah. to stop. Well, especially when the first lockdown came and it hurt and no one knew what COVID was about. Yeah. And everyone took it extremely seriously, mm. as they you know, still do. We noticed we live next door to a, a, a walking track up the mountain, and I, I'd never seen so many families, mum and dad, yep. out with all the kids. There was like literally hundreds of families getting out yeah. and going up the track, and it. it was actually really nice. Yeah, and then three weeks later, they're breaking up. Well, wow. <laughs> too much time together. That's what I fucking Yeah. Well, that happened as well. You know, so yeah, it started off really well. But then again, maybe that's okay as well because after, you know, like, is, yeah. uh, no, if you don't nice. get along, yeah. yeah, maybe you shouldn't be together. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but on more positive note, I thought it was really cool. You know, no, it was. I was, I was the same. Like we, I, I lived down near Jervis Bay, and um, yeah. 
you know, all the beaches around there are just amazing. And mm, we were finding are, ourselves yeah. there every day, yeah. you know, yeah. because because that was really the only spot you could go. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'd see everyone we knew and you'd be, oh, we can't stand, but we can talk. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, yeah. as we were going by and for a moment there, it was like, I was hoping wow. that it might carry on. I don't know if it will because we're still in the midst of it, but just that that reassessment of your life, I you think, know, yeah, saying, why are we going to work, you know, six days a week and everyone's stressed out like, yeah, yeah it shows it's it all bullshit, eh? like, yeah, we don't yeah. need to live like nah, that. Well, the, the thing that really we annoyed me is like, who's the people, the essential workers were the cleaners, you and know, coal miners, coal, yeah, coal oh, miners. Fuck, am I still going to work? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, yes. <laughs> Because you're getting paid. Yeah. Well, you can pay more than a cleaner. <laughs> Jesus, they, they got the risk of catching the shit and they still want 15 yeah. bucks an hour or something. It's, it's We've only got a risk of dying. Mental. but anyway. No, that's right. No. <laughs> the black lung. The black lung. It's the black lung. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, what were the rules? You know, stay at home, which is what musicians do. Stay in a black studio yeah. with no windows. That's what I do yeah, every day. That's for, right. 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 We're up in the mind. Uh, yeah. 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 I like the sound of that. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> In a studio? Oh, yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. Not in a coal mine. No. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So no. um, you've gone vegan two years? Yeah. So uh-huh. what, what was the, um, what led you down that catalyst? Uh, yeah, my wife, um, my wife uh, came home one day after doing a, a workshop with a, with, a, with a lovely chap called Adam Guthrie. And um, he's got an incredible story. Um and he's also got a podcast going as well. Yeah, cool. Um, and Wake he's up. he's whole food, plant based. Uh, he's also a chef, Ooh. as well, uh, and a surfer. Yeah. Um, and he he went from I mean, super quick. He went from a mild heart attack in the surf. Shit. Um, and he was actually vegetarian. Yep. At the time, and uh, and then he just. He went on the meds we were talking about before in the yeah, break and stage, um, yeah. it just wasn't for him and he needed to get off it. He started doing some research and found a way and um, and he hasn't looked back and he's won, he's won an Ironman. Well, wow. Yeah, he's as as doing what he's doing. Yep. So, um, and now, and he's he's gone right into the science of it um, as well with the, you know, the breakdown of all the things that we need and... Um, so yeah, Ellie came home and said, this is what I'm doing. And I, was, I wasn't opposed to it. You know, I was just like, cool. You yep. know, I don't, I don't think I'll miss it. I w- at first I think I struggled cause I, I really loved eggs and mm. fish, seafood and stuff. Um, so I struggled a little bit with that and then, and then something just switched. I, 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 I saw the ben. I started feeling the benefits and then with like bl- blood results and things, I started seeing yeah, okay. the benefits. Wow. Yeah. Good, you did it properly then. Right, yeah, and um, so your cholesterol lowered. C- cholesterol lowered. Yeah. Um, m- memory came back. Wow. I have to say, yeah. I have to say that's probably the most fascinating thing. That's strange, isn't it? Wow, that's yeah, great. Yeah, like Something to do uh, with inflammation, uh, maybe potentially, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, so I've been really noticing, like I can recall. Name Steve and stuff like. Yep. Um. Sorry, that was a, that was yeah, a that quick was little bit of an personal <laughs> joke. <laughs> Inside, but you did get it. Yeah. Talk about Steve. Um. Yeah. yeah. So 
Um, just recalling names. Yep. And just remembering. Well, you're pretty good at all them old bloody band stories. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. I've got oh, to okay. I've got to tell those rock and roll stories a few times. So, um, but yeah, I've I've found it really, really life changing. And and it look, it's not for everyone. And yep. I don't think I was ready for it. Yep. Um, say five, ten years ago, either. I think it's you just get to a point, and um, I think the biggest thing I'm I'm liking about it the most is the um, the ethics of how how meat is produced, yeah. and um, so yeah. I've, I've been yeah I've been sort of never thought of it, never really given it a great deal of thought until now, and it's maybe just because I'm. I'm a new dad, mm. you know, five years into fatherhood and and you just you just look at things differently. I don't think yeah. I need to tell yeah. you guys, yeah. you know, right? Yeah. Well I lived on a we lived on at the back of Dapto on a on a cattle farm. And um yeah, because that got me thinking as well, because everyone says, you know, cows are dumb and the farm said, Oh, cows are just dumb and that and one day this uh a calf had been born and it wasn't feeding and it was just laying there. Yeah. And the mum she was nothing against teenage mums, but she was probably um you know, didn't know what she was doing or anything like that. And she was just wandering off. And the bull came down and got the mum and pushed her like about 20 metres towards the calf. Then he got his horns underneath the calf, picked it up Fuck. and put it on the wow. on the udder. Right. Like, that's not that dumb an animal, man, you no, know. That's just a no. man and woman thing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 ding, ding, yeah. Well, I've actually got that noise yeah. on there somewhere. <laughs> so, yeah, that made me think about it. I've got the same thing. I was having a discussion with my wife. Um, I think we've got a pair of antlers uh, over there. And she goes, oh, don't do that because, you know, people think you're into the hunters and fishers or, or whatever. Yeah. And I said, look, I actually like the hunters. Mm. She goes, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't like the political party, but... I think it's a lot more honest. Yeah, you know, you're not a f- like nothing is farmers either. But the truth is, the farmers they pretend to be nice to the cows. They feed them. Everything's great. Cows think it's having a great life, and they whack it on the head and kill it. Like it's in the bush. If a hunter's yeah. out there, the animal knows it ain't good. You know, humans are no well, good. They've got many, a chance to bugger off. That's you know? right. And how many how many times do they actually shoot an animal? Mm. I think if you're hunting, it's too, not that many. If you're eating what you hunt, and that's it, you earn it, and that's like yeah, yeah. yeah. industrialization of, of yeah. like it's um, just too much. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Uh, what's he going to try and get on? What's his name? Yeah, Sky's dead. Yes, yeah. they they he hunts like to f- venison to and stuff. But yep. they literally that's the only meat they use is what he's hunted. So that's, that's my buddy cool. Dom yeah. in um, Canada. He's he's a hunter as well, yeah. and they, that's what they. It's just a whole different world there, mm. right? So yeah. they hunt that meat, and then that'll last them through the winter. Mm. Mm. Um, Moose? Uh, no, venison. Oh, ven- yeah, oh yeah, 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 deer. Oh, well, uh, mm. Benny, who shot that, he did. The, he ate that deer. Yeah, we'll give a shout out to Benny. Oh yeah, thanks, Benny. Thanks, thanks for, for the, the fucking antlers yeah, as well. Cool. They're pretty cool. Is that from Australia? Yeah, right. Because Lo- I don't local. I don't, I don't think um, there's a there's a rule in Canada. You need more than six spikes before you Yeah, he said that one's a mutant. Oh, right. See, on the one side, it's a bit different to this side. Oh, yeah. It didn't grow you. properly. Right, so oh, it so is. there's a rule over here as well, isn't there? Um, no. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no rules. Uh, 
Oh, they, they just fell off. Mm. Yeah. One guy, that one was found dead. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six. There's six. There's six. Oh, got oh yeah, you got the low ones. Yeah. That's sweet. At least. There's mm. like 38 on that one. That's fucking sick. Um, I got the other morning. That's a tree. We've... I heard something like out the front. I don't know. I got up. Anyway, went out the front. We just live in suburbia here. And I care of all, and I heard this noise out the front of the, over the fence, and looked over, and there was about I don't know ten deer there, mm. like wide ranges. There's, yeah. there's a lot. There's a of lot deer here. Up we here, need man. to shoot them. <laughs> <laughs> Talking uh, to veganism. Let's yeah, yeah. <laughs> cut Willie off. <laughs> yeah, right. He's aggressive. <laughs> so I've come out of the pit at Wonga Willie, yeah. and it's like two in the morning, and I've come out. It, you know, you're coming out of a tunnel. You yeah. don't know what's out there. It's pitch black. And you get to the top, like, you got lights on your machine. Turn the wheel, and here is a squad of deer just standing in the middle of the road. Yeah. It's insane. Oh, some of them all get killed the back, on the motorway. Yeah. That's, that's the in the back of Dapto. Yeah. Mm. You know, like, up the hill. There's that many deer up there. It's, it's the same up near where you work. Like, I've driven up there to run somewhere. Yeah, yeah at Mount Kimberley. Really, yeah, there's heaps. Like, almost run into big, big herds of them. And yeah. Helensburg as well. Yeah, there's a lot of deer around yeah, here. Yeah, so but at the didn't moment, you say there was one out the front? Yeah, like I was, just I was saying, one. For one time in my life, I was actually washing the car. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so I just think it's such a waste it's of time. Hard like in a and, lot of uh, ways. <laughs> and um, I was out the front. This was like two o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, and I heard this clop 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 behind me, and I turn around. There's a fucking deer just walking down the middle of the road. Hey, mate. There's a lot of deer around if they come out in the daytime, no worries. Well, they got no no one's really no predators, really. No one's hunting them. Nothing really dies a good death in nature either, you know. So it's right, they got a lot of food at the moment, so they're going to heaps of them. But Australia, we're dry. This will last Mm. for one season, man. Then it's just going to be a you can't even call it a drought in Australia because it's just the natural way of things here, isn't it? It is, we're always dry, yeah, unless you are one of those farmers and. There's droughts out there. Some oh, yeah. Farmers, oh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. <coughs> but that's what I mean. God, it's we're just moment. hitting some shit on the we're head. Yeah, 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 we are. Bring yeah. it back to... <laughs> 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 what, what, is the, what does the future great. hold for, for Sid Green and the Mono Ooh. Nest Studio? Are, are you mm. still really busy? Yeah, yeah. I am. Yeah, and, um, and a few gigs are coming back. Oh, so, fantastic. So um, yeah. are playing this weekend. Uh down in, Mar- down in Maruya. Okay. It's just sold out, actually. That oh, that's great. 450 people, Beautiful. apparently. Get you know that many? And, and how big's uh, the venue? Yeah, apparently you can. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. Shit, that's great. If you I think that. it's an outdoor oh, one, Okay, yeah. So yeah. it's probably different. Do you guys uh, have the QR then? I would say so. Play? Yeah. <laughs> I would definitely say so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 QRs and uh, but uh, if it gets us out there. Well, what are you going to do with your flip phone? You won't be able to well, kill they, they can manually enter you. Uh, okay, I often yeah, just don't yeah. take my phone places. Okay. So. We haven't discussed me getting rid of my phone, have we? We'll do it yeah, we there. did. Yeah. <laughs> Put on me again, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I'm the one that gets hit in the head all the time. <laughs> 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 yeah, I need to go vegan and get that memory back. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, well, that's great. It's so, cool, man. Yeah, yeah. and there's a c- couple of uh, gigs with Casey coming back and playing uh, Blues Fest, Byron. Oh, that's an oh. all-Australian one, isn't it? Yes. Oh, actually, no. Uh, bon Iver, I noticed, was on oh. it. 
Well, you think um, if they let the tennis players with COVID come to Melbourne, surely, surely. <laughs> they could let a few musos Right? In, you know. yeah. yeah. That was yeah. mad, what's oh, going on there. They're stuck there, in the man. hotel for two weeks. But there's 40,000 yeah. Aussies trying to get home. Like, yeah. and you can bring priorities first, yeah, man. Yeah. Surely you should get your citizens yeah, but, but first. But that doesn't make anyone any money, does it? No. No. It no. certainly it's doesn't. So what are the other band members doing of Mantusa? Um... Well, one of them, one of them passed away. Yeah, uh, was he the lead guitarist, rhythm guitar player? Yeah, yeah, Chris. He he was actually a pro skater as well. Wow. Um, oh, I'm trying to think. I don't know much memory. about it. Yeah, there goes my a memory. Vegan super memory. Yeah, he was. A, he was a fabulous guy as well. We we were sort of. St- he was a few years older than me, so yep. we were sort of around the same level. Yeah, yeah, sort of brothers in a way. Um, but yeah, he he was a super cool, dude. Um, yeah, I don't think any of them actually play music. Oh wow! Oh. Yeah. So has the singer still got abs, or is he filled uh, out a bit? You know what? I haven't seen him in a long time. Yeah. Um, but he is on social media. I think he's pretty cut. I think he works in sort of scaffolding and stuff. So he's, yeah. wow, he's still pretty can't lean. Can't lose it, eh? Oh, mate, no. Yeah. Oh, good oh, on him. that Rod Rodriguez Did you see that one, Sugar Man? And he's, <laughs> and he's working, Rodriguez, you know, he's like a great acoustic artist and he's working in Detroit or something, demolishing houses. And he's like huge in Africa, it's South huge Africa. In South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> his mate, so what are you doing this week? And he goes, oh, some guys in South Africa are uh, flying me down there to um, to play a gig. And all his mates are laughing at him like this crazy Mexican. What's he talking about? You know, and he gets on the flight and and hops, walks down the flight and there's all these limos there. And he goes, oh, who, who's that for? It must be someone on this plane. And it was like for him. Wow. So he's a guy that's demol- demolishing houses, you know, with sledgehammers and that. He's a superstar. And he's a superstar. Well, superstar. And he was really yeah. big in Australia as well. He you was, know? Like, yeah. You know he's, his music? Oh man, know, you'll love it. Sugar man. Sugar man. Yeah, okay. yeah we'll put a few links. Yeah, yeah, it's a great yeah. doco, man. Yeah. Well, that's um, what's the um, guy's name, the lead singer? Mantisa? Oh, Adam. So Adam's got that kind of story as well. He might. You guys might be big in Africa or something. <laughs> have you, have you <laughs> ever no. thought of a reunion <laughs> gig? Um, no, no, actually, no. I don't. I don't think a reunion gig would work for that band. Mm. Yeah, it would probably take a lot of, a lot of, um, probably take another 300 grand, I reckon. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So if anyone wants to play some yeah, money, yeah. <laughs> see let's what get I'm the band now. back together. Uh, I was going to say, you play in that <laughs> new studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once the walls fall in. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I think, uh, I think it would take probably a lot of rehearsal to get yeah. anything up for that band. I think, I mean, yeah. there's, there's lots of, um, there's lots of bands forming and doing yeah. sort of reform shows. Well, Midnight Oil, uh, they got a new album out. It's really? Yeah, yeah. And it's actually, it's Midnight Oil. Fuck. I don't think they've lost it. They sound like Midnight Oil. I used you know? to love them. Well, most of those guys have not stopped playing. Yeah. Really. I was yeah. actually at um, the Gumnut Patisserie in Mittagong. You don't go to one in Barrel because there's always queues out front. You go to one in Mittagong, no one knows about it. And, um, and there's a guy behind me. And I turn around and he's just got a blue shirt on and a cap. I know him from somewhere around. It was uh, Peter Garrett. Cool. Yeah. yeah. You couldn't so tell from the way he was moving? 
Um, yeah, it was weird though. I he think had he might have had like cerebral palsy or something. Like it was going, yeah. Like, so, but he was alright. I actually met him a couple of times. He's really tall. He's um, a nice chap. Actually. Yeah, he's really cool. He used to come to the cafe I was running, and his wife's super lovely, man. So, but I wanted to say something to him because we had actually had this discussion. My wife and I were listening to Midnight Oil on our trip up to Midigong, and um, I've, I've made an Aussie playlist, you know, and. Um, and I put U.S. Forces on it. Oh, good yeah. yeah, so, and um, which I think is just a rocking song. I think you might have produced it a bit better if you'd had the chance, though. <laughs> I wasn't that impressed with the production. And, um, and at the beginning it was the of the 80s. Yeah, <laughs> U.S. Forces, it's got this cheap synthesizer with violins going dring like this. And they do it four times. They're like, it's 30 seconds yeah. into the song. And it's, and it's got nothing to do with the rest of the song. And yeah. so I was kind of blown the out in the car. In like, who the hell is this producer? What was he thinking? And then Peter Garrett was in the bakery. And I almost brought it up with him, you know. I'm like, I just want to know who did that. But then that's a bit of a negative thing to say, so I just left it yeah, alone. You, you really know. could probably say that, that someone probably bought it for like $4,000 that day. And went, <laughs> yeah. We are using this We're thing using today <laughs> whether yeah. it needs to go works, on a record. Uh, I don't care which record it is. You yeah. see uh, yeah. <laughs> that Saturday Night Live skit where he's like... The cowbell? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Very good. Very good. <laughs> Uh, yeah. oh, this has been great, Sid. Thanks for coming man, on, man. Thanks yeah, for having me. Been great. Yeah, just spew out my. Yeah, I'm sure you've got plenty more stories, man. <laughs> we'll have to get you back on. Yeah, yeah man, that was sure great. It'd be great to delve into some of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, mm. it's awesome. And now it's here for prosperity. Boom, boom. All right, guys, thank All right. you. Yeah, appreciate thanks, you. Thanks, fellas. Thanks.